Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in. We're in Broad Ripple. This is a Tavern Tour stop. I hear you guys out there. The month of August is what we're celebrating, and we're at the Union Jack Pub. We are in the heart of Broad Ripple, and it's got to be an incredibly special day. As you can tell, if you're watching online inside the lounge via YouTube Live, you can tell for the first time since, I'm going to say 2009, I have a shirt with a collar on it. This is incredible. It is a 2009. I'm a collar on this shirt today. I don't know what compelled me. I was in the closet, and I was looking for a little Luna Azul tequila shirt. And I go, you know what? This may have a collar, but it's got the recognition, the logo on it. So I better go ahead and fire it up, and I did. So this is big news here for the first time since 2009. Listen, I don't know what Jonathan Taylor news we're going to get over the weekend. I would assume something, and I would assume something heavy duty. But this still may be the biggest news here locally is the collar. I don't know if you can tell inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Any of you nerds, can you guys tell that right now? Uh, Collar on the shirt. Oh, man. First time since 09, everybody. I want to see you here. we got a lot to talk about. We'll dive into that in a second. But you know what happens on our Tavern Tour stops? What happens on our Tavern Tour stops is our friend Brent Halverson, who will join us momentarily, he hands out the free samples. Now, if you're watching via YouTube Live right now, tune in, and you've always wondered, all right, I hear JMV talking about these samples, these free samples, and he says, you know what? They're healthy samples, healthier than usual. They're not the type you go around to a uh, you know, Sam's Club or something, and they, they give you half a bite in a little tiny cup or a thimble, something like that. Not like that whatsoever. If you're watching via YouTube Live, this is the sample that you get right here, the sample in which which I'm about ready to dive into. So get off work early. I mean, hell, let's face it. You guys haven't worked an ounce today, right? So go ahead, jump out of there. Save everybody some time. You don't need to be fooling anybody right now. They know that you guys, you know, kind of half-assed it since the morning. It's a Friday, right? It's the week in front of Labor Day weekend for our Labor Day weekend bender, which is coming up. We'll talk about coming up as well. But, yeah, go ahead and jump out and stop here in Broad Ripple with us. 
us at Union Jack Pub. It is a tavern tour stop, and Jay's going to join us a little bit later on. And I am so happy because we're going to dive into the Colts game last night. I was trying to think, when was the last time, and I'm not going to go overboard on this because Anthony Richardson still misses dudes all the time. But, again, it's how I've explained it regarding the Reds. It's what it's what I get is going to happen, right? I mean, I, I knew things for the Reds would fall apart. We'll get to that a little bit later on, too. Thank you, C.B. Buckner, last night. Fantastic third strike call on Ellie De La Cruz. But you just knew that that was going to be a great moment in June, but kind of a passing phase. Now, with Anthony Richardson, I think we were also taken last night, at least. I want to see a show of hands. I was. I can't remember the last time that I remember a Colts quarterback that had that type of of escapability. I know what you're going to say. Well, what about what about Andrew Luck? There's no doubt Andrew Luck had escapability and he had the the extension of the play capabilities, but you know, not in the the run pass option type of stuff. And you know, when they're talking about the football in the belly and all that stuff, I mean, you had to admit last night Colts fans, that was really weird. I mean, it was really weird not to see somebody with a five-step drop and when the pressure comes up the middle of their face, they crap their pants and fumble the football. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, it's, and it, I, it was exciting for me last night. It was. I'm not trying to sell the product to you, but I'm just telling you how I felt last night. I thought, wow, this is fun to watch. Now, granted, I know that there's going to be a shelf life in terms of fun to watch and then losing football games and making mistakes. But all I have to go on right now is what I watched last night. And watching Anthony Richardson play was incredibly refreshing to me. I was refreshed. Just like what happens when I do this right now, right? I'm going to get refreshed. Hold on. That's refreshment right there. A little Larcy and Ginger Ale on our tavern tour stop. But no, that's how I felt last night and watching Anthony Richardson be able to move around. And I know that it's not all great, but it's all the issues that we talked about are going to be the issues until they no longer are. And you kind of wonder how they're going to be fixed. But I will tell you this. It seems like this kid is really focused on wanting to get better. I mean, he really is. It seems like that he wants to see how far he can stretch this, at least early on. I mean, what's his completion percentage so far? I think Mike Chappell tweeted this a little bit earlier. It's around 44%, and, and that's got awful, right? I mean, that's awful. But it was just watching last night, and, you know, maybe it was the fact that we haven't seen that basically in forever. Maybe it was the fact that you just you kind of knew that if you know somebody was going to put on some pressure, that he had that escapability. Whereas we certainly haven't seen that in a while. I guess Carson Wentz had it a little bit, but you know that was always more of an adventure than anything else. And believe me, you're going to be in for some adventures this year. And there's going to be a lot of bad, and there's going to be some good. And I thought last night kind of played that script and played that role to a T. 
Now, granted, it did start out well. I mean, that first series, I mean, all they did was moonwalk. Then you had a couple of penalties back-to-back from Quentin Nelson. That wasn't good. On second down, to be able to move the football uh, within a, a doable third-and-four situation, you know, Richardson missed his intended target. And as I had told you yesterday, uh, it, this is not only on, on Richardson to improve his accuracy. But this year, to help him out, you know, until that starts to flow and be more of a part of his game, hopefully, his wide receivers are going to have to make some tough catches. And there were times last night the fellas didn't help him out too much. His roommate didn't help him out at all. Now, he put a great deal of mustard on that. That thing looked like it was shot out of a cannon. We <laughs> glanced off. I mean, I'm surprised if, if Josh Downs would have actually had his fingers ready, it might have taken one off or two. Maybe a couple of digits would have been sacrificed right there. But that's what I was talking about yesterday, what I was going to watch for if these guys are going to be able to. And I'm talking about the guys that he's going to be able to throw it to, guys that are going to be actually out there that are going to be his intended targets. They're going to have to oftentimes make incredible catches outside of their, their radius their catch window. Bill Brooks told me last night during the pregame show, well, you know what? As a former wide receiver, we already know that going in. Well, these guys have to super duper know that. And and part of this is too. I would gather, and these guys have practiced with him for a long period of time now through training camp, but this is probably somewhat new. That, That pass to Downs and those passes, for the most part, when he tries to, quote, gun it in there, Those things are coming in a big-ass hurry. And I bet you that's a bit of a shock to the system. Because if you remember, we watched Matt Ryan throw last year, and you could have timed that thing in an hourglass before it got to the intended target. It took forever. Remember how forever that stuff took? And maybe that's what I'm sitting here and basing my opinion on, is basically the start of the season and what we saw with Matt Ryan. But... I just gathered last night that, you know, watching them do this different stuff offensively, you know, stuff that other teams would do to the Colts, you know, stuff that we have seen successful oftentimes with other teams, and especially the one in which they were playing last night, that it was incredibly enjoyable and very fun. So you're asking me, how do you bottle that for the entirety of the season? Um, As far as interest, I think the interest – will be there as far as bottling that let's face it you can't it is going to be a game to game a series to series and a play to play basis in which maybe he's got the right touch and throws it right in there and you know maybe he doesn't now the different part about this is he does have an escapability unlike anybody else now you also know where I stand regarding that Because like Andrew Luck with the extension of the play, you know, like now Anthony Richardson being able to move, making people miss, you know, using the stiff arm because not only is he running at a 4-4-5 or whatever, but he's also strong as hell getting down the field, you know, making something out of absolutely nothing. As I've told you with Andrew Luck, as I told you a year ago with Josh Allen or anybody else that does like this, and we enjoy it, you soak it up for a while, but, man, that has in the NFL a shelf life because you cannot sacrifice your quarterback. Now he's 20 years old and has a long way to go, and this is going to be a part of the maturation process.
But in terms of what you watched last night, which was great, we'll go fast forward three or so years down the road, and you're going to say, yeah, you need to be able to throw it in there, to make the right decision, to make the right read, to check it down, to do whatever to get the football in there with your arm and not just sacrifice the rest of the body. He is big, he is strong, and you haven't seen too much like him in the past, but there is a shelf life for that, and we have seen that shelf life. So you just want to see him mature. Like, take, for example, eh, it's just a preseason, and you can look at it from both ways. I mean, the success they had last night was against twos and threes of that Eagles defense, and you can look at it that way. But the Colts needed some confidence. I'm sure they got some confidence from last night. Richardson was very excited, you know, with the whole Eagles wings flapping thing that everybody made a lot about last night. But you do, in maturing that is, you know, making sure you take care of that, but you get better on the other things that really need work. And that certainly is going to be his accuracy. And for the wide receivers, that's going to be not just being able to catch a football within their – or outside, in this case, of their catch radius. But how about this? How about trying to get open? How about getting open against second and third string defensive players? Anybody else feel that at times last night that was a bit of a struggle? These guys trying to get open against guys, you know, not named Slay, guys that aren't the starters in an Eagle secondary, and that has been the case. I mentioned yesterday that the tough catches has been an issue. That's been an issue for the Colts for a while, but so has getting, getting open. That's been an issue too. And we have always kind of conveniently blamed that on a slow-ass release and throw from a quarterback or holding on to the ball and trying to throw it left-handed. You know, or you know, in terms of Phillip Rivers, I mean, really the last time that it worked – and you felt good about it, that just all came with a quick release. I mean, it was snap, and that ball was gone. So you really didn't have to work too long to get yourself open. You had to be open immediately, and Phillip Rivers was going to find you off of, you know, an initial one, two, or three reads. Yeah, this is different. And this is where you also need the improvement in that category, not just from the wide receivers, but also from the tight ends. And – you know, from what you hear, people are asking me about, all right, what's the cut situation? Is Mo Ali Cox going to make this team? I think Mo Ali Cox has a good, let's say, a strong chance to make the team because I don't know right now um, how serious Jelani Woods has taken things. And I know he's dinged up and I know he's injured, but you can ask some people over there just how maybe seriously or not he's taken things right now. Remember, he was supposed to be a tight end savior and one of the upcoming really fantastic players. And I don't think in the offseason, from what you've been told, I don't know how seriously he's taking things. Time to get your ass in gear and take it seriously. You know, help your guys out. Help your guy out that's going to be, hopefully, is going to be a, a partner of yours offensively around here for a long period of time and a great deal of production. So, yeah, you can point the figure there. I mean, Mo Alley-Cox may because of injuries, and, you know, certainly Jelani Woods has won, but, you know, coming in, you know, out of shape's not the best of things either. 
So get it in gear here. He seemed like a, a great dude, and I don't want to all pile on him. I think the last time I piled on a tight end uh, was a friend of mine, Dwayne Allen, and we never talked again. But I, I'm here to tell you things, and one of those things is he needs to get it in gear. I say this all the time, all hands on deck, and to me it kind of looks like <laughs> that the Jonathan Taylor part of this is not going to be in this equation, which I think you saw last night. And I like Evan Hall. All right. Kenyon Drake, okay. Deion Jackson, fine. But did you not see last night how necessary it is to have, again, a healthy Jonathan Taylor that is a home run threat? I mean, let's face it, that's the only home run threat they really have because they don't have one as a wide receiver. Alec Pierce can get his rear end in gear too while he's at it. But he's a home run threat, again, when healthy, that you're not going to have with this group, and that is highly detrimental. And it doesn't look like it's going to go that way, at least that way for the Colts. I guess if you're gauging it in terms of quickness to get to the locker room and get your butt on the bus before anybody gets back there, from what we hear from Nate Atkins of the Star, that's how that went down. But no, there was, there was a lot of good and a lot of refreshing from last night. But again, we do have to keep this in perspective. There's going to be so much of a growth issue right here. And sometimes, just like last night, last night was a great thumbnail sketch. There are going to be moments when you're going to go, oh, wow. And I sat there among you feeling the same way. I go, oh, man, this is so refreshing. Again, it's like taking a drink of Larson and ginger ale. Incredibly refreshing. But there are also moments that you're going to scratch your head and wonder, all right, and you're going to have a three and out that series-wise is going to go about 35 seconds. You're going to see a lot of that this year, too. And you're going to see some discombobulated offensive linemen that are illegally downfield or maybe holding because they're all of a sudden now this season, uh, they are protecting and blocking in a different way. I don't want to give them excuses because they really reserve no right to get any after the way that they played last year. But this is a new offensive experience for them as well. Overall feeling, however, last night was one of refreshment like we're doing here today. Union Jack Pub, this is a Tavern Tour Stop. Thank you very much for joining us. We hear the woohoos in the background. And you see if you're watching via YouTube Live inside the lounge right now, there's Brent Halverson, our betting analyst on hand here. He's got a zillion things to do on your mind right now, right? But you're right here and ready to rock. There's no place I'd rather be, right? <laughs> Union Jack's Pub. Uh, this, this place is great. It's Love good it. to be here, John. Uh, Tavern Tour Stop. I mean, look, we're just moving along with these, right? And what happens in, I mean, big weekend, next weekend, and then we start yep. September 7th. Larson Locks and Little Shots on location every Thursday at a bar near you. All right. Well, let's a little bit about this right now. I think yeah. everybody knows about Union Jack Pub here in, in Broad Ripple. I mean, not recently, but within the past, I don't know how long amount of time, they've changed locations basically right across the street. And, yeah, I know there is certainly construction going on, but it's not the pain in the ass that you think it is. I parked easily, and I, I have to park a boat of a truck, all right? So it takes me a three-point turn in and pull in and making sure I've got to peel my uh, 
rearview mirrors in so I don't scuff them on anything. They're really easy to get in here, but this is a glorious place. It is a glorious place. And, and, and again, like you said, they've been across the street for many, many, many years. Uh, great brand new location here. Great new deck out front. A little bit warm out there today, but it's nice and cool in here. And like you said, a little refreshment to uh, keep you chill while you're here. I got myself a little bit of mow in earlier today, a little Ooh, bit of weed eating and there, mow. Oh, man, I got in the shower. And if you guys at JMV1070 on Twitter, you know, in preparation for the show, I did a couple of lines of Wonderwall by Oasis in the shower. Just, you know, just, ooh, it's it like was so good. Your... It was like very Gallagher-esque right there. Just soaked it all up. And the pipes were, I don't want to say the pipes were clean because you guys would think something completely different there. But, no, I mean, the pipes were ready to go. And it was, uh, no, I felt good to sweat a little bit, get sure. all that out of me this morning, get the yard mode for the weekend, too. So that's why I'm telling people right now, this needs to be the kickoff to your weekend right here because the free samples are flowing. The samples are flowing. And, and again, not, not a better place to come to here in Broad Ripple. You know, it's a great area. Uh, there is a little road construction, but it has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. A lot better for what better. it was. Yes. You know? uh, and, again, there's parking in the back. they got a nice little parking uh, lot back there. So uh, a little, little inside information, if you will. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Look, there Thank you go. Turn that right up. I'm wondering what was going hey, on. We also have to talk about what we have coming up next weekend, too, right? Because this is going to be a first. We are going to do um, what I have dubbed uh, a Labor Day weekend bender at Mystic Waters Campground. That's right. And the, uh, you have up in Pendleton off of I-69. It's going to be an entire weekend. Talk a little bit about it. You know, that's I'm, I'm really excited about it because uh, this is a true JMV takeover weekend for the fans right so we do our um, uh, Evan Williams backyard barbecue and we've gone on location in the past we had one uh, J-Laws uh, a couple three weeks yes. ago a month ago as you will uh, and this one is for everybody right so um, be sure to uh, call Mystic Waters uh, email info at mysticwaterscampground.com uh, come on up I mean we've got uh, I think we've got, got a couple of cabins left here there's five cabins left um, I five think, I think there's eight to 10 RV spots left, and there is... How many cabins do you have? Let's put this in proper perspective. There are 26 there now. 26 26 cabins. cabins. 26 cabins now and five remain. Absolutely, and they're all uh, with electric, with air conditioning. Uh, Don't need the heater. There is a heater in there, but uh, air conditioning, electricity, uh, great brand-new beds. They're really, really cool. They all got their own porch, their own swing, their own fire pit, Uh, but they all kind of encompass right behind the lodge Mm -hmm. uh, in in an area behind there where we have the uh, pavilion we call the hangout area. Uh, that is where we will be doing the, the, the show yes. on Friday from 3 to 6 live. Right. That's next Friday, a next, week from today. Next 3 Friday. until 6. 3 to 6. And then uh, DJ Skids. DJ is, Skids is going to be ready to rock after me. I get done at 7 after the Colts uh, happy hour. And, and then DJ Skids will go until whenever we get tired of going. That's right. That night. And yeah. then Saturday, there will be mm-hmm. some fun stuff throughout the right. day. But for the first time ever, what I'm really excited about yeah. is a true JMV takeover. You're taking over Mystic Waters. You're taking over. B105, and it's going to be a live takeover out there. So, going to be a... Never been done before. Never been done, right? Yes. So, this is uncharted territory. I'm looking looking forward to see how this is going to work, right? You're going to have some live requests coming in from everybody that's staying out there. Yes. You're going to have some calls coming in. Yes. It's going, to be, it's going to be fun, man. I cannot wait. We live in a world, especially of local radio, musically speaking, where there's a lot of half-assing going on. There just <laughs> is. I mean, there's some recorded voices that maybe happen on Wednesday that play on Saturday. That's right. A lot of half-assing going on. Uh, this show is not. My show is not. I am live in there. We're going for six hours, and for the first time ever, 
we're going to be live. I still, we're going to talk a little bit later. I have no idea how to do it yet. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. <laughs> but right? I got plenty of the time. Unknown. Yeah, I got the plenty unknown. of time to figure out exactly how to do it. But uh, now it's going to be a blast. And again, you have five cabins remaining. Yeah. I, I can tell you this, a little context for you. I'm, I'm staying up there the entire weekend. As, um, as will we. Because will we. <laughs> he put me right next to the bathrooms. So that's really cool. So I am right next to him. So when I get up 27 times at night, because I'm wearing my small bladder, um, I'll be okay. So right next to the bathrooms. But, man, plenty of room for everybody. Right, Five remaining. So if you want to get a cabin and hang with us, get one right now. Plus, if you just want to come up and hang, we want everybody. We want the fan listeners. We want B105, seven listeners. We want all the other station listeners, whatever, with this classic rock stuff, or we play anything, or we don't suck anymore, or any of these other stations here in town. We want your listeners, too. We want them all because this is a party for everybody. Absolutely right. And, and again, there's a lot of a lot of ground up there. 38 acres, mm-hmm. three beautiful bodies of water. Uh, you can cool off, go swimming. We have There's a beach up there. There's paddleboarding, canoeing, kayaking, floating. I'm, 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 I'm guaranteeing oh, I we're going to have people out floating watching you do the show. It's going to be pretty neat to see, shirtless, John. Shirtless me, too, by shirtless, the way. Think shirtless about John. That. That's, uh, there's a lot of good stuff to come there. But again, uh, please reach out to uh, Mystic Water, 765-221-1078 mm-hmm. or email info at mysticwaterscampground.com and you can go online as well and book uh, if you do see everything's booked online uh, just call up there and lisa the rachel and the team up there will more than we'll, we'll get you squared away one way or another how about that yeah it depends too if you guys need to crash in my cabin <laughs> <laughs> we get it well we'll see about that but we'll we'll see it's going to be a great time it really will again and uh, mystic waters campground that's coming up a week from today that's the i-69 pendleton exit exit 219 so, right yeah. off 69 it's nine miles north of uh, deer creek or Ruoff, if yes. you will, that uh, two, 210 exit. So exit 219. All right, Brent Halverson, we'll do some betting stuff coming up, too, to, to make sure that you're ready for our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Old Tequila Shots that are coming up uh, for the start of the NFL season. Also, the legend Don Fisher is back. Don Fisher's return is in the 5 o'clock hour. That's when Don will join us. I will also talk to Joel A. Erickson of the Star about what took place last night. I gave you my thoughts. We'll get his. Week number two of the high school football season, Bob Lovell, brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX location. Bob's going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. And if you remember the greatness that certainly was IU basketball and one of the names of yesteryear which is fantastic and one of the most fantastic dudes to put on an IU basketball uniform is that of Ted Kitchell and I, I, I mean, when, when Chuck Crabb talks about Ted Kitchell being from Galveston, Indiana, that is something that, frankly, I will never forget. A 6'8 forward from Galveston, Indiana will always be in my head, always be in my brain. Um, and we got something serious with Ted going on. We'll let Ted tell you all about it. But Ted's going to join us, and we have a great golf outing. My friend Mike Poe is putting on a golf outing to benefit Ted coming up on Monday. And we'll talk to Ted about that, the former IU great, in the 4 o'clock hour, around about 4.30 or so. So I cannot wait for that. Otherwise, 239-1070. Email the address is jmv at 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I see you guys working there. Your thoughts on last night, whether you agree or disagree with me and no doubt there's some dudes there's some dudes that have been here for a year and need to know better and it's time to start working that out 
Uh, we'll talk about that. Joe A. Erickson in the 4 o'clock hour. Don Fisher in the 5 o'clock hour. Everything else is going on, too. There's a ton going on. Major League Baseball, other NFL news, and the latest on Jonathan Taylor, of course. I'm sure that'll take us through the weekend. Joel A. Erickson, the star in the 4 o'clock hour. But coming up on the other side, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Bob and you at 239-1070. Again, we're in Broad Ripple. A tavern tour stop for August is at the Union Jack Pub. Heaven Hill Distillery, our betting analyst, Brent Halverson. And you can see right here, the free samples are flowing on this Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hang out. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Second down and four for the Colts in plus territory at the Philadelphia 44-yard line. Eight minutes to go. Shotgun snap for Richardson. Again, a deep drop. This time he's going to fly it downfield. Oh. Kylan Granson goes up and he climbs the ladder, brings it in over on the far sideline, inside the 30, down to the 27-yard line. Kylan Granson showing off the skills. First down. It's uh, Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, Colts Radio Network right there. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Granson went up and got it. Some of these other dudes, I mean, we're going to sit here and talk about the inaccuracy of the quarterback, which has been prevalent, although, again, watching Anthony Richardson move around, extend the play, and do things that we haven't seen in such a long time around here was incredibly refreshing. But I'm also going to put it to the skill, skill position guys. Got to get going, too. You know, I mentioned, you know, at some point, whenever he's healthy again, Jelani Woods, I mean, you get in shape and stay in shape. You're supposed to be the guy. You're supposed to be one of those transformational types of dudes at tight end. Get healthy, stay healthy, stay in shape, and give this guy the help that's necessary here. And Alec Pierce, you know, you're supposed to be a possession receiver, go up and get it, tough catch guy. You got to be that. Got to be that. And we'll talk about that with Joe A. Erickson coming up at the top of the hour, former Hoosier Ted Kitchell. Uh, regarding his situation, he's going to join us coming up at 4.30 and the return of Don Fisher to this show coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Do we still have our uh, Hoosier Hardwood Festival tickets back there, James, or are we done? Uh, yes, we still do, uh, have some to give away. Now, does that include a tour of the Hoosier Hardwood Festival with Jimmy Cook and Jake Query, who were on right before us? Do they give us a tour? They give us backstage with Tweaky or Twiggy the water skiing squirrel? Uh, that no, happened? I, I don't think so, not according to what I'm looking at, but uh, I may okay. be wrong. You would, you would know if it were there. All right, we'll get back to you guys in a second. Brent Halverson with us again. We're at the Union Jack Pub. It's a tavern tour stop for the month of August in Broad Ripple looking for you. With Heaven Hill Distillery and the free samples, they are flowing. Meantime, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, got you covered tonight, tomorrow night, Indiana Sports Talk, year number 30 for the legendary Bob Lovell. And week number two of the high school football season, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Hell of a way to get off to a, a week number one start, I guess, last week, huh? Perfect weather, really good games. Um, I don't think there are any big surprises, but it was a 
a great night, great crowds. Uh, literally, as you point out, perfect way to start it. All right, and you mentioned weather, and you'll have to check your local listings. For example, we have Cathedral and Brownsburg on here with Eddie Garrison coming up later on tonight, originally scheduled for 7. Tonight, move back to, I believe, 7.30. Now, I don't know what a half an hour is going to do with heat like this, but, you know, they're, they're, I, mean, I mean, I don't know how much different it's going to be, but really, in the, in the big perspective here, uh, a lot, not just football, but a lot of other sports, cross-country, kind of doing the same thing, calling some things off. Now, the heat wave is supposed to break coming up tomorrow, but tonight, that has pushed back either later on this evening, as our game of the week brought you by car x tonight or maybe even till tomorrow on a lot of especially in southern indiana a lot of a lot of games were rescheduled for tomorrow so that's some things we're looking out for i guess to start week two right bob oh i think so i mean obviously this is dangerous weather john for the players coaches and and for the fans i think fans have to be aware too you need to stay hydrated in the stands you're going to be sitting there in some sweltering heat and so Everybody needs to be aware of how dangerous it can be. And don't forget to make sure you have your water with you. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, I saw Dave Lauk, who's the AD down to Ron Colley. He said something in social media. Hey, um, yeah, we realized the heat situation. Uh, instead of calling us, um, we'll let you know with updates, you know, regarding I think Ron Colley and Franklin right. Central play tonight. So I was going right. to go ahead and give his cell phone number out here tonight. What do you think? <laughs> give his cell phone number out. Make sure everybody <laughs> at Ron Colley and yeah. everybody He'll at Franklin Central. He doesn't mind. No, yeah, well, call. I mean, and, and I want to make sure that they know where to go for the latest <laughs> and heat information with Dave Lauk, okay? So his cell phone number on the air here in just a second. <laughs> I know him. Uh, I, I, I understand exactly. <laughs> He'll be looking forward to all those phone calls, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that he will, definitely. Hey, what stood out as far as last week was concerned? Let's tie a bow on that before we start about what's taking place both tonight and tomorrow. Well, what was interesting was that we talked about it was some of the teams from Fort Wayne playing teams from Central Indiana, and uh, Central Indiana teams fared well, uh, although Snyder had a big win. But I think more than anything, you just uh, you had some of those teams that didn't necessarily play one another in the regular season and occasionally see each other in state finals playing in regular season games. And um, I don't think there were any real surprises. I know that the Snyder game was a great one, but – you know, the same thing. You still have some of that going on this weekend uh, again, uh, but you're getting closer to some of your more traditional rivals. And next week, most of these schools will be involved in conference play. So uh, great way to do it. Thank goodness we've avoided uh, rain. So we got a little different. We, we haven't talked about heat as a problem in the past, but this is just one of those unique weekends. And I think the other thing that stood out to me was there are a whole lot of points scored last week, John. A lot yeah. of points scored last night or last week. And I would anticipate the same kind of situation uh, a little bit tonight because, you know, teams are you know, spend a lot more time seven on seven uh, doing those kinds of things, spreading the field out, uh, take advantage of some things they have uh, skill-wise. And so uh, I would anticipate another high-scoring evening of football. 
Well, and, and Bob's right about this because our game of the week, Cathedral put up 55 in their win against Jeff. Brownsburg, 51 against their uh, against Fort Wayne Dwanger in their win. And let's go to number one. I, I don't know what Cincinnati Moeller is like other than historically they're always year-to-year very right. good. Right. How impressed were you with Ben Davis's dismantling 49-28 over Cincinnati Moeller last week? Well, I think people were impressed enough to put him number one in the 6A poll. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Restman has been a part of the program, understands that every one of us knows they have tremendous uh, athletes uh, at Ben Davis. The skilled position guys are really, really good. Uh, big, strong, defensively, same thing, offensively, dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, and so they're going to they're gonna score a lot of points. Um, but it was, you know, it was not knowing Moeller, I think you're right, it's hard to get a gauge. But that, that, that on paper, is an impressive win, to say the least. No, that's, uh, that's what stood out to me. Because, again, I'm just looking at it historically speaking. I don't know what it's like this particular year. But in history, they're always seemingly really good, or at least talked about being really good. What, what do you think about 5A and, and Fort Wayne Snyder and, and obviously what they did against Warren Central last week, Bob? Listen, Snyder played for a championship last year, John. Kurt Tippmann is one of the best coaches in the state. Uh, a lot of those guys are back. Um, that was one that really kind of, I don't know if it surprised me, um, because I knew it would be a really, really good ball game. But uh, I think what it does is if you're in 5A, uh, when you saw that score, you looked around and started to think, um, yikes, these guys are pretty good. And we talked about it last week, how balanced uh, we think 5A is. I mean, it really is. And, you know, Penn is good. Penn's got, got another one of those kinds of teams. Uh, Whiteland played for a championship a year ago. Uh, I think you, you find out a lot about that. Tonight they play Kokomo. Kokomo's a pretty good team. Surprise was, uh, you know, Valpo lost last week. Uh, they're back playing Andrea. It's a great start for them. But 5A um, is, a, is a solid class. And I'm not exactly sure, as we said last week, I'm not exactly sure who you give uh, a preseason edge to, so to speak. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Of course, coming up tonight, tomorrow night, our high school football game of the week with Eddie Garrison features Brownsburg and Cathedral. And again, that game has been moved back to 7.30 later on tonight. Each of those teams, impressive wins last week in week number one. I mentioned Ron Colley. They're off to a 1-0 and zero start. Handling mm-hmm. Southport last Friday night, they are on the road, not too far down the road at Franklin Central. But Franklin Central may be a surprisingly good team that we see this season. If that's what you hear. I think a lot of people feel the same way, John. And clearly, they're going to find out what uh, what they're all about. But I think there, there's a lot of excitement, uh, reasonably so, for what Franklin Central can do. Uh, this is always a good game when these two play each other. Big rivalry on that side of town for the obvious reason. All right, 3A, Chittard per usual, 49-23 over Buff last week. They get Tech coming up later on tonight. Right. Garen off to a 1-0 start, uh, beating McCutcheon last week. Uh, Lawrenceburg, I think, was, yeah, they were a loser uh, last week, but they were they a loser to East Central, Central, which is yeah. legit yeah. right there. So right. That, that's not surprising to anybody. Uh, your, your, your thoughts, I guess, about the top of the polls in 3A starting week two? Well, I don't think you're surprised that Shadard is there. I mean, Garen with a very impressive win last week to start with. Uh, Lawrenceburg, everyone knows, 
uh, played for a championship. The team that people have to pay attention to, Gibson Southern, uh, they like to throw the ball. Uh, Nick Hart, John Hart's son, the coach, they've had great, great success. Uh, Tri-West, I think one of the best games in the state tonight, Tri-West at, at Burbuff. Um, Burbuff, very, very good. Tri-West, these are two really good teams. You get a better gauge on uh, on how good this uh um, um rebuff team is as you will with try west on a game like that tonight uh, yeah, bob the other thing i wanted to hit before i let you go here um we're kind of at that stage again and we were new we knew it was coming for a while in football it's already been here in basketball and certainly been here in baseball but we see some games that are now either being postponed and pushed back or canceled all together um, at least on lower levels um, non-varsity levels because of the lack of officiating uh-huh. from what you have uh, known from the IHSAA uh, how dire are the situations as we see it to start the season well, I'm not sure dire would be the word, but uh, they're clearly uh, of great concern to the IHSAA. I was in a, uh, a meeting um, last week with the commissioner and some of his staff members came down and talked to us about the state of the kind of a state of the union uh, address, if you will. And that was one of the topics. And they brought up something I didn't really think about, John, is that uh, on some of the lower level, you know, your junior high, your freshman, uh, your JV teams, you're in competition yeah. with uh, groups like uh, Grand Park and others that have, you know, these broad-based types of programs that use officials. And so uh, the numbers the numbers aren't good. Uh, the other part of it that people forget is your, uh, your officiating pool is aging and people are retiring and there yeah. aren't a whole lot uh, of people in the pipeline right. To make up for that deficit that's expected to happen within the next few years and so uh it is a crucial situation for the ihsaa they recognize it they're talking about ways to remediate the problem and um i think it'll alter maybe uh, some of the times i think you might start to see some saturday games as opposed to friday in high school football um, i asked them specifically do you have enough to do the tournament and the answer was yes um, but some of the regular season situations uh, that may get impacted at, at certain times. And so uh, they're very well aware of it. I think everyone understands the problem that you have and um, just hope that uh, all of us can work together because we all need to, to, to make this thing not be a problem that impacts the, the opportunities for kids to have to play. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk tonight and tomorrow night. You can catch him. Network Indiana, the affiliated stations down the line on Network Indiana across the state. Again, later on tonight and tomorrow night. Brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. That's CarX.com for the one nearest you today. Always a pleasure. Stay cool. I know that that's not difficult because you're the coolest dude around, but stay cool, okay? <laughs> All right, John. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We're at the Union Jack Pub. We're in Broad Ripple. Tavern Tour Stop, Brent Halverson rejoins our betting analyst. Any advice for anybody right now? Get here. Cool Get here drinkage. Too. Cool drinkage makes for a wonderful refreshment on a warm, hot day, and it's nice and cool inside. 
Yeah. Come on in, get exactly. your cocktail. You, get you a sample. Great right? food, too, by the way. Great food. Jay I can tell you. tell you all about that. I tell you, yeah, I believe Jay. So Jay mm-hmm. is, uh, he's playing tennis right now in a 40-year-old tennis. I hope he's inside. Playing tennis. Yeah. Chelsea, his wife's going to be in here here shortly. Okay. So she'll hop on and talk to us. Gotcha. But, uh, we've got to ask her about Jay playing tennis out in 100-degree uh, temps out there. Maybe it's pretty he's warm. inside. I'm in hoping so, John. Bubble locations. So. That's right. right. Yeah. Maybe he's playing pickleball. Everything's turning into pickleball now. You know, he said tennis, so I'm, I'm going to go with that right now. Uh, it's uh, Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, Tavern Tour Stop in Broad Ripple at Union Jack Pub. We're looking for you. The free samples are flowing, and there's great food here as well. Bottom of the four, Ted Kitchell. Don Fisher makes his triumphant return in the 5 o'clock hour. Joel A. Erickson at the top of the hour. I'm going to lob some of the questions I had and thoughts I had about last night's game to Joel coming up here at the top of the hour. and Get your thoughts on it as well. All right, it's going to be a mixed bag all year. What type of mixture did you have in your bag last night upon viewing preseason game number three? Your thoughts at 239-1070. That's on the other side. A tavern tour stop for August. Union Jack Pub in Broad Ripple with Heaven Hill Distillery on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Philadelphia up by a field goal, 10-7. Colts right back into the huddle. Anthony Richardson getting the play from the far sideline. Now in the huddle, relaying that information to the troops. They break it. Ball is between the hash marks. Richardson out of the gun. Hold the running back left. Kylan Granson tight end left. Shotgun snap. Richardson to Hull, trying to push him across the goal line. This time he's in. Touchdown, Evan Hull. So Matt Taylor right there with the call. Colts win last night. Evan Hall does get into the end zone. Evan Hall like had to get three times to get in there because he was uh, reversed was a touchdown call last night. But uh, there it is. And what was refreshing to watch, Anthony Richardson move around. But certainly a myriad of things that have to be really galactically better from last night. We'll talk about Joe A. Erickson at the top of the hour. Union Jack Pub, we're in Broad Ripple, Tavern Tour Stop. Brent Holverson joins us, too. We've got some guests here talking about something that's really awesome here in Cammy's cause. Oh, very cool. I mean, it's, it's an honor to have you guys. I mean, and, and Ryan Snyder, great friend of mine. I mean, we know Snyder friend, a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Friend of the spirit business, right? We, uh, we're we out uh, all the time, and it's yep. a, a pleasure to uh, have a comrade like this around. So, uh, it's an honor to have and, and Jared as well. They're going to talk here a little bit about uh, something really cool that's going on this weekend in the 19th year, I believe, right? Yeah, Jared, a little bit about that. Yeah, so we got Cammy's Cause going on this weekend. It's in Fortville, Indiana. Uh, it's at Landmark Park there in Fortville, Indiana. It's noon to 10, uh, so tomorrow it's free yep. to everybody. So no admission. Uh, we've got music from noon to 10 as well. We've got 12 bands out there this year, some phenomenal musical acts that are going to be playing. Uh, we've got a live auction. Um, it is online. We've got a giant kid zone with bounce houses and kids zone food vendors and other vendors, and we've got 50-plus artists and vendors that are going to be out there 
Uh, it's a fantastic time. Um, we've got Cammy's Ride. It's the 14th annual Cammy's Ride. I'll let Ryan talk about that. That's his baby. Uh, but yeah, we created this music festival 19 years ago um, in an effort to uh, uh, help the 4P minus community. So a very niche group, right? It's a very uh, unknown thing, but it's a very rare chromosome disorder. My daughter, Cammy, the namesake, was given that diagnosis 21 years ago, uh, and we were given uh, no, not much hope or information. Uh, literally one piece of paper off the internet is all they had at that time. And they said, this is all we know. And uh, she probably won't make it past a year. If she does, she might be a vegetable. She, you know, there's not a lot of hope out there. So yeah. w- shortly after that, we found a national support group called the 4P Minus Support Group. This was made up of about 100 or so families. They all had kids in their teens um, and their 20s. And so we got to actually email and communicate with these families that are like, well, our kid's 15 and we did this and this. So it was all through these families that we found out how to diet, uh, what therapies to get. You know what I mean? The doctors that we need to start looking for. So these families help us out through the journey where the medical community couldn't. Uh, so we made a decision, hey, how can we give the biggest, longest lasting thank you ever? And uh, so we created a music festival that we just keep growing bigger nice. every single year. That's awesome. Where is it in Fortville, by the way? Landmark Park. So okay. it's right off of Main Street. Gotcha. So if you go to uh, Fox Garden or Taxman, it's a block away. Gotcha. Um, right there. So great little park right in the heart of downtown Fortville um, with Main Street a block away, like I said, with all the restaurants and everything that we have there. Uh, so it's really, really cool. Uh, we, uh, the very first year we did it in 2004, we raised $1,000 for the support group. After last year, we cleared 600 k So we have blown this thing up over the past few years. We're just going to keep getting bigger. Um, and I'll let Ryan talk about Cammy's well, so, so a little bit about that, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the motorcycle ride. So Cammy's ride, it's our 14th annual. We, uh, we leave from Main Street in Fortville. Uh, we're lucky enough that the Fortville PD escorts us, so it's a completely escorted ride. We do it alcohol-free, so just for safety. Uh, it's 138 miles, but we, we're going to take off from there. We're going to end up stopping at um, Summit Lake State Park for the first stop, some ice cream and water, and then we head to Lynn, Indiana, which uh, my family's farm out there, and that's where we have lunch. And then we come the journey back on 36, uh, back to Cammy's Cause. And the coolest thing about this ride is when we get back, which we'll be coming back around 2.30, 2.40, that's when I would recommend people, if you want to be at Cammy's Cause, that's the time. Because right. the cool thing about this ride is when we come back, they have the streets lined with everybody from the festival. They shut down the music. They shut down the bounce houses. Everybody comes, lines the streets, and welcomes the riders in. That's and awesome. Applause. Very cool. That's great. Yeah. That's a pretty emotional moment. Yeah. And yeah. then shortly after that's when the families will get up on stage and we'll get to hear from them uh, some of the families that travel from around the country to come to Cammy's cause and so I always warn the riders man wear your uh, sunglasses because you're going to yeah. leak a little awesomeness when you yeah. get up there oh, that's very a, cool that's great that's, that's that's awesome. Ryan right there and Jared too one more time for everybody yeah. coming out that's a great absolutely great man Cammy's cause Cammy's cause.org that's K-A-M-M-Y-S K-A-U-S-E dot uh, org you can find us there Facebook all the socials Cammy's cause we're doing it big uh, huge stage like I said we've got some great we got Indy this year we got audio audacity we've got jay elliott we've got you know cork and two jasons we've got um sass we've got zach schuyler we've got um uh, kara cole we've got keller and cole um the list just goes on and on the music's unbelievable you know it's you're fantastic. gonna leave somebody out well done dj right. max so, yeah, yeah i'm gonna send it to me later so. absolutely yeah. jared congratulations for having on us. that man absolutely cammy's cause fortville tomorrow tomorrow noon to 10 noon to free. 10 tomorrow it's absolutely free and, and tell if you see him out there tell him you heard it right here too and go out there and have a blast for a great cause it's uh cammy's cause thank you jared thank you ryan for coming by too appreciate you awesome guys once again thank you very much thank Brent you Halverson rejoins on the other side joe a erickson is going to be 
here too regarding last night's game and Anthony Richardson in particular with Joel A. Erickson of the Star. That's next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. With JMV. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Last time the Colts had it, they scored a touchdown. Six plays, 52 yards, and they went quickly. Let's see if the Colts can duplicate that here. Anthony Richardson stays into the ballgame, juggling the snap on an RPO. Now he's angling left side. He's got a first down. He's in the open clear and gives himself out of bounds at the 40-yard line. Picks up easy 15 yards, Rick Victory, on a broken play. Hey, that is... uh, Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi, uh, the Colts Radio Network. (laughs) Colts get a win last night, preseason game three, but a lot of things to go over, including any name-recognizable players that right now may be on the list not to make the squad. And furthermore, just how active the Colts are going to be once everybody decides to pare down their squad to the mandatory here. We'll talk about that and more last night's game and then some. Again, we're live here in Broad Ripple, a Union Jack pub on a tavern tour stop August Friday. Brett Halverson rejoins in just a couple of minutes as well. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Indianapolis Star, Joel A. Erickson joins us. I, I get a couple of things that I brought up, Joel, at the top of the show. Um, it was incredibly refreshing to watch Anthony Richardson or to watch a Colts quarterback move around in the fashion in which we watched last night. Now, it's not so refreshing to see a completion percentage around 44%, but his on the field with his legs that we saw last night was refreshing and also was reminded of me it's not just Anthony Richardson that we should focus in on. He's got to have some help. And at times, he did. Kylan Granson helped him out with a nice catch but, you know, Alec Pierce will let him down. His roommate let him down. These guys are going to have to make some tough catches, and especially catches that are on their hands. There's a lot to go into, I think, coming out of last night's game. Yeah, it, it was not a great night. It was not a great night for the receivers in terms of contested catches. I, I think uh, having having watched a lot of stuff on – having watched every practice of training camp um, – it's more of a note for me than than a than a panic button type thing. Um, that Downs in particular, I'm not sure we've seen him do that yet at all. Um, especially a drop like that where it's it's right there in his hands. Yeah. Uh, so that one, that one, you know, kind kind of a let's wait let's wait and see. The the the, the deep ball connection between Pierce and Richardson has been kind of body on and off. Um, all throughout training camp, there's there's some good, there's been some good, some bad. Um, I think I think Richardson is still learning exactly where to put it in the best spot for for Pierce to go get it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that 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 that, that you're going to see them try to get deep a lot, and and it, that chemistry is going to be important. No doubt about that. Joey Erickson of the Star, he does join us. Let's talk about Anthony Richardson. I mentioned refreshing, fun to watch. 
things of that nature, the extension of the play, the RPOs. I mean, guys talking about, you know, Herb Street and Al Michaels talking about ball in the belly stuff that uh, we've never witnessed around here as far as the quarterback's concerned watching the Colts play. How did you view it last night? And how have you viewed overall the preseason when Anthony Richardson has had those reps? Uh, I, so I think, I think that the running game with him, I think that that's going to be pretty – pretty fun i thought last night was the first time really maybe really all, all training camp so far that we got to see him kind of taking off and I, I have a suspicion that there's a lot more that shane steichen has in his pocket to do with richardson yeah. in that particular phase of the game once the regular season starts but it's it's going to be real fun to see he he moves so it's such an easy speed you know when he starts moving um, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fun to watch that from from a passing standpoint. I, I think this is kind of what I expected and what we've seen in training camp too is that there's going to be some misses. You know, there, there's going to be some throws that, like I think the second throw of the game was a, a crosser over the middle and he, he just kind of missed high. Like there, that's going to happen sometimes. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to if, if you know if that if he's going to fix that I don't think that's going to necessarily be fixed right away as a rookie there, there's going to be some issues and there's going to be some stuff he doesn't see and um and that kind of thing but i just kept thinking you know if if Colts fans can avoid the temptation to want him to be patrick mahomes immediately and just kind of enjoy the development for a for a year or two uh, i think i think you can have have some fun here watching uh a quarterback try to find himself in the nfl I'm going to tell you, it's going to be difficult for Colts fans to do it sometimes if he's going to continue to move left and throw sidearm. You know what I mean? <laughs> if he's going to do that. <laughs> now, I, I, don't know, I don't know if that is ready for prime time, but I, I thought last night was the second time I've seen him do that in the preseason alone. Well, he's got the arm strength to do it. now. No doubt. Now the hard part about it, though, is there are guys who have the arm strength to do it, but it's the yeah. There's it's it's the sort of thing that people talk about as if there's no like technical stuff involved. But if you watch like the first two guys that pop to my mind, you know, in rolling left and throwing sidearm, would be Mahomes and Rogers, and like I'm probably not like the current version of Rogers. You have to go back for a slightly younger version. But both of those guys are very good at getting their foot planted and kind of getting their shoulders where they need to be to make that throw. I think that's the thing that he's going to have to learn is is how to get the technical part of it where, yes, it's an off-body, off-balance throw, but you have to get at least part of your body into the right set to do it. And, you know, some of that he's going to just have to learn as it, as it goes. But the arm strength is definitely there to do that kind of thing. Uh, you just got to make sure it's – Make sure it's headed in the right direction. I, I said this earlier. I, I want to see him just get better with his accuracy before he even kind of dive into that a little bit. You know, it, it, it's almost like yeah, it's it's like when you just develop a pitch as a pitcher, um, and you haven't really developed you know what had been your staple or your repertoire up until that point, and then you start. Hey, I think I'm just going to go ahead and throw you know this knuckleball or whatever. Um, it's it's just different, and I think that's what the major question is Joel regarding Anthony Richardson for Colts fans is man you'd see the raw tools and him able to move around and extend the play and all that but is he ever going to find 
the accuracy that is necessary out there. And that's, that's one thing. I know it's going to take time. I'm prepared for it to st- take time. Um, oftentimes, you don't see guys find that accuracy. Do you believe he can be an exception to what is normally the rule? Well, that, I mean, that's, that, you're right. That is a big question. And, and, and I think that, you know, and this is going to keep happening where um, anybody who has some accuracy issues coming out, people are going to say Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of guys who, who, have, who have never really, they've tried. Like, I think that's the other thing is, is when we talk about him going forward, you know, there's, there's going to be a temptation, I think, for people to talk about, you know, putting in the effort and that kind of thing. And, and it's like, I think that you can do all that stuff. And there have been guys in the league who have tried to do all that stuff and done everything right from a preparation standpoint. And it just comes down to what happens with your brain and your body in a split-second thing. And I, just just to your point and my point about how long it's going to take, if, if you're looking at Josh Allen as a as a possible um, top, you know comparison for him, Josh Allen completed 52.8% of his passes as a rookie. His second year, he was 58.8%. So, you know, he's still not really at, at the NFL baseline after two years. And then he took off in his third year. So that's, that's the thing is, um, it's, the, the, the thing is, it's, it's not necessarily, I mean, the fan base is going to need patience, but more importantly, you know, the team itself has to have patience uh, to see this through if, if maybe the numbers don't look, you know, perfect right away. And from, from what they've said, everybody from Ursay on down has given indication that they're willing to do that. But, you know, you just wonder in today's day and age where people get written off so quickly, you know, you got to you got to kind of buck the buck what people are saying a little bit to give give the player a chance to really develop, you know. And I think, like I said, everyone's going to be compared to Josh Allen, but it took two full years before Josh Allen. That was 27 starts for Josh Allen before he he became uh, an accurate passer in the NFL. Hey, Joe, I've ex- explained it this fashion. Hey, uh, like the Pacers last year, you. Um... I think you under-talk it up and over-deliver. And um, I think also along the way, you play some exciting football. Maybe not all the time, but at times. And I thought in large part, that's a lot of what we saw last night. And, you know, again, when winning is not coming along with it, that can be a struggle for many. That can be a bummer for many. But I do kind of equate it to how the Pacers went through their season. I mean, you really undersold it, then you over-delivered, and you were very exciting along the way, even if you were not a playoff team. And then you were in a position in the offseason where everybody believes that you can be a contender postseason-wise of sorts coming up this year. I think that's how the Colts on a different level have to handle it. Yeah, that's, the Pacers are a good example. And then the one Jim Irsay threw out in March before they even before they even knew that they were going to have uh, Richardson was, you know, the, the Colts going 6-10 and 10 with Peyton Manning in 2001. And his example is always that Ada Bartolo came up to him and said, hey, like I know, I know your record's rough right now, but it, it, it's coming. You know what I mean? And his point was that you can see – potential and development sometimes without necessarily having the record. And I think, I think that's probably uh, something to keep in mind. I mean, like we talked about, you know, several times on this show when I've been on, this is a roster that is probably going to have some trouble spots um, as, as the season goes along. And that might make the wins and losses not look the way you want them to right away. But it's, it's really about, you know, is Richardson getting better? 
and and kind of having some fun with it. The Pacers are such a great example because, you know, obviously they were kind of in it for a little bit, and then Halliburton gets hurt. But they were a fun team to watch last year, and, and I think that that's probably but maybe the biggest, my biggest takeaway from last night was I, I saw people, you know, I guess that the word is Xing it now. I saw people on X saying this, but I also was getting texts from from friends of mine who are Colts fans around the area saying, you know, uh, it might not always be pretty, but this is going to be kind of fun. And and I think that as long as you keep that, as long as the, the fan base and the, the team itself keeps that, uh, it should give Richardson time to develop. And and then in a, in a year, in a couple of years, then then you make the decision on, you know, can he really do this? Well, and, and the other decision, too, because there were a number of times last night where if this were a year ago, Matt Ryan would have crapped his pants three times and fumbled the football. Like, would have happened last night with the pressure that we saw. So it's refreshing not to see that. But the other thing, and this is further down the road, I mean, this is when hopefully he finds his accuracy and he can be about his arm and not so much about his legs. We all know this, and even in a different form, Andrew Luck had a shelf life. The extension of his play was fantastic until it no longer was because of injury. We saw that settling in with Josh Allen calling his own number on run plays a year ago and taking a beating. I mean, I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to do that. There is a shelf life on these guys that move around and take hits all the time, as we expect him to do. So that makes it even more important for him to hopefully discover a level of accuracy, which helps him out in relying on his arm and not so much always on his legs. Well, to quote to quote Chris Ballard, um, He's he's said this for a couple years now. At some point, they're going to have to play from the pocket, and that's generally true. Um, You know, teams are going to teams are going to do whatever they have to. They're going to you know they're going to assign spies, or they'll or they'll kind of half rush and keep them try to keep them penned in that kind of thing, kind of force them to pass. And at some point, you're going to have to be able to do that. I think. I think Fields with the Bears is a good example of that. As, as electric and dynamic as he was as a runner last year, the passing numbers were not great. And that's, that's what Chicago is looking for, Fields to take the next step with. But, yeah, eventually, eventually you have to be able to, to pass and pass effectively and explosively in the NFL. That's, that's the, the quarterback run game is it's a way to uh, – elevate your offense but it cannot be the be-all end-all and you know i mean chicago going three and 12 last year is a is a pretty or three and 12 with fields as a, as a starter that's, that's a pretty good example it's uh, Joel A. Erickson of the Star talking Colts right now. Getting cut down day is looming. I want to get to your thoughts on who is on, who might be a surprise not being a part of this roster and how deeply they're going to go into the waiver wire when everybody else puts their cuts out there to see. I did want to ask you this. Um, Alec Pierce obviously has not had a, a great preseason. He needs to be a hell of a lot better. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. needs to be a hell of a lot better. And not just so much about catching the football, but – Man, they create zero space for themselves. I mean, really, Kylan Granson can, but you know, so far we've seen rarely 
these guys creating that space. And here's another guy, too, and I want to get your thoughts. Jelani Woods, I know he's been hampered by an injury, but from what you hear, maybe he didn't take the offseason as seriously as he should, especially considering the expectations that are going to be on him because people believe he can be kind of a next-level sort of tight end. Where he is he with his injury? Where is he right now with his conditioning, both of which have been question marks during training camp? I, I, I'm not sure where his hamstring injury is. He's, he's been out for a while. I think, I think most people know hamstrings are sort of notoriously fickle things. Your, your leg can feel perfectly fine, and it's not after a certain amount of time. Now, obviously, they have the MRIs and the, stuff, the imaging to make sure that they have a better idea for what's, what's going on in there. So it's, it's, if you're an NFL player, it's a little bit – it's a little bit easier to know when to come back. But those, those hamstrings can be notoriously fickle. Um, once, once he gets back, uh, you know, he's, he, he's the interesting piece of that tight end room. And I, I wonder, um, it's probably something i got to ask here in the next couple of days, but just how difficult is it when you have the guy that, I, I mean, I would look at him as, as the most likely one to play the Dallas Goddard role um, yeah. and really stretch the field. How difficult is it when you don't have that player for most of training camp? So it, it's hard to know. They haven't given – all we've been told is the hamstring. We don't know about the severity. Um, you know, you could have a hamstring that goes anywhere from uh, one week or two weeks. You could have one that's eight weeks. Uh, and we, we, don't, we haven't been given that timetable to know exactly when he'll be back. So Joey Erickson with us. So – Let's just say, for example, come Monday afternoon about this time, where Jonathan Taylor still be on this Colts team? Monday afternoon. Uh, let's just let's just move it to Tuesday. I okay. I don't know. I understand that there are. I understand I'm that very, there I'm are. I'm very impatient, jo- Joel. I'm sorry. I'm very impatient. It has to be Monday. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Very uh, impatient. I am. I, I'm going to move it. Well, I'm, the reason I'm going to move it to Tuesday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a, a previous example. So, okay. Naeem Hines last season, um, you know, made it clear that he didn't. He, he wanted to be moved. And there was some talk about, you know, we're not going to do it unless we get exactly what we want. And then right before the deadline happened, he got moved. And, you know, you can debate on the return there, um, Zach Moss and, and some later round picks, but I don't know that it was like a, an eye-popping haul. Um, and so there, I understand the market for running backs. It has been reported that the Dolphins specifically, um, that there are a couple of other teams have, have, have been thrown around, but the, teams that, the team that has, has – if you're looking at the beat reporters from Miami, they've been writing about Taylor just about every day. And I just wonder if at some point it just becomes a, we don't want to deal with it anymore. We're going to take what they're giving us, you know, and, and just move on. Uh, just to, to, to end, end, the, end all this stuff that's going, gone away. So I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with it is, is thinking that as, as we get closer to this and, and teams have a chance to up their offers or not up their offers, I think eventually – I think eventually it's very possible that the Colts just decide to cut their losses and move on. Well, they're not going to get a one out of this. What, what do you think is going to be the high water mark on their return? I, I mean, I, I think that you could do a. I think that you could get. A, I think you could get a two. I don't know if you're going to get everything. McCaffrey was on the contract. 
um, and under team control for a little while. But I think it's possible that you could get two. I don't know if you're necessarily going to or if you're going to get a package of things that add up to that. But um, two is probably a little high. Um, I think if he's healthy, he's worth that, especially for a team like the Dolphins. Or, you know, like that team, that team already has a, a running scheme that's notorious for making, you know, average backs look good. So what will it do with a great back, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but in terms of what they're willing to give up, it's, it's interesting. Miami is an interesting, is an interesting team here because, you know, they went out and got Perry Hill. They went out and got Jalen Ramsey. It, they're acting like a team that's really going for it. And, you know, you, you wonder, like, so I, had, I was talking to somebody and they were like, well, why, why are the Dolphins kind of being this aggressive with stuff? Well, they, have this, they haven't won a playoff game, I believe, since in 22 seasons. I think that's the right number. And that's the second longest mark in the NFL. And, and you know as well as I do, when you get kind of in those types of irrelevant periods, Teams get to a point at some point where they're just like, we got to do whatever we got, we, we can do to break out of this. And we'll worry about the consequences later. We have to get ourselves back in the winning column or, or get, get whatever the, the streak is off their back. So I, I'm looking at the Dolphins. Uh, I, I don't know if they get it done. Like I said, I just keep wondering if after all of this and after as publicly ugly as it's gotten, if it just becomes we don't want the headache anymore. All right, Joe, final quick thing. Uh, Mo Alley-Cox, I thought, might have been at the top of the list of, of so-called surprise cuts. But maybe this hamstring situation and where Jelani Woods is as far as being ready, you know, maybe that helps keep him on the roster come Tuesday. What do you think, and are there any surprises involved? So, I, in terms of big names getting cut, I thought that, you know, like – Downs has kind of overtaken McKenzie, it seems like, in the slot receiver role, but McKenzie is also the punt returner. Um, I think Haven Bryan is somebody that I thought maybe left the door open for guys like Eric Johnson and McKelvin Agam yeah. in, in camp. You know, they signed him. He's got a fairly significant guarantee. It's it's $3 million plus, but this is also a team that can handle that. They, they, they can they can handle a, a dead cap hit if they want to. Um, Moelle Cox is an interesting one. <laughs> Typically, Shane Steichen offenses have kind of the do-it-all guy and then more of a receiver type, which would be like Granson, and then more of a blocker type, which in my mind is Ogletree. But like you said, you've got an injured Woods, and then, well, they, sometimes they usually keep four, and then the fourth one is a developmental type, which would be like Will Mallory. But... I just wonder if maybe they want the, mo- the inline blocking from Moelle Cox. Again, they, they don't need to save cap space. They've got plenty of that. Um, yeah. and, and maybe, especially early in the season, you just go, we're just going to carry all these tight ends. The other, thing is, the other thing is, a couple of these guys play special teams, which allows you to carry more of them. Branson right. and Ogletree specifically were playing uh, first-team special teams, so I thought that, the, that I thought that maybe keeps more of them. Who knows? But to me, it also feels like they're not going to keep a ton of wide receivers with, that, with Ashton Doolin out, and that, that also opens the spot for a tight end. 
Joey Erickson of the Star with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline with the questions regarding Jonathan Taylor and this roster moving forward. You can catch his stuff again at the Indy Star. Hey, have a fantastic weekend. I say Monday, you say Tuesday. We'll see if either one of us might be right in this case. How about it? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yes. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Okay, thank you. You have a good one, too. Joel A. Erickson of the Star regarding the Colts. All right, Brent Halverson rejoins. i got to hit a break here, but Chelsea's going to join us coming up on the other Chelsea's side. Chelsea's going to join us here. Yep. We're just talking. Uh, Jay's playing some tennis right now. Hopefully he's inside because right. it's pretty warm outside. But uh, Chelsea's going to join us, talk a little bit about uh, the history here and how the move's yep. gone and all the good stuff. So. And uh, former Hoosier Ted Kitchell is going to be on here as well coming up. Union Jack Pub, Tavern Tour Stop, month of August. We're in broad ripple with the samples flowing. And Chelsea on the other side as well as former Hoosier and uh, you want to want to hear the story of Ted Kitchell coming up here at the bottom of the hour. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. And you heard in the background the Philly fans booing Anthony Richardson for doing uh, the flapping of the bird wings impression out there 27 13 Colts over the Eagles that's final and that's a wrap on the preseason preseason game three won by the Colts in Philly last night hey back at the Union Jack pub we're in Broad Ripple Heaven Hill Distillery Tavern Tour Stop Brent Halverson is joining us good to have you back Brent great to be back as always absolutely uh, Chelsea is Jay's wife the that's owner right. that's right the owner you're probably more of an owner than Jay right <laughs> I like considering you so. Jay's your Jay's <laughs> wife right here um Chelsea is good to see how are things you going too. uh good we're still standing strong with all this construction there's and a lot we're of it here. out there the finish line is so close there's a light at the end of the tunnel there right? really absolutely. is absolutely yes. that's great uh, how's it feel to be a part of this historic place though i mean there's so much history i mean not necessarily in this spot but with this brand sure yeah when we bought the union jack we said it lived so long before us and our only goal was to make sure it lived long after us so that's what we're doing and it's why we bought the building and moved it is for more stability to stop renting be a permanent fixture in Broader Bowl so that it can live long after we're gone. And this will be year 44 for Year 44, about year 11 for Jay and I, That's year awesome. 44, 44 for the Union Jack. 44 yes. years, isn't that cool? I'm trying to think, how many places around have gone 44 plus years? It's tough. I mean, yeah. but it is. We talk tavern tour spots. Yeah. This is why, right? And look what I they don't want to bring done. up any other spots, by the way. No, I was just, no. Yeah. I was thinking out loud. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's again tried and true, right? I yeah. mean, they've got a great product. You guys have done an outstanding job. I love the, the the shift, the move from the old location right across the street. Had to be an easiest move you've ever done. Though, yeah, right? well, we I said mean, I wish I had set cameras up just right. to watch it speed just across the, the street. We're just wheeling coolers, carrying kegs across the street. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's nice. All right. Well, tell us on the menu and tell us about the hours and what normally goes on here. Sure. You. So we're, you know, been famous for deep dish pizza, probably the least mm-hmm. British thing in the world. Um, <laughs> and but their pizzas are outstanding. We do have fish and chips, which are very different from what you'd find yeah. in England, but also a big you know, showstopper here. Uh, anything you want. Vegan items kind of bring the whole family. You've got everything for everyone here. Seven days a week, 
brunch on the weekends, big Premier League spot for brunch. And you guys open early when there's when there's big, yes. big matches on. Yes, right? Jane I mean, and I were known yeah. to be here at 3.30 in the morning for the U.S. Women's <laughs> World Cup I remember that. Was, we are man. here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we are, we are here. Uh, did you have to get up that early for the Sweden match? We uh, It was 5 a.m. Was that 5 a.m.? Yeah, so. you probably go, oh, yeah, great. I'm yeah. glad we missed sleep on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> be about that far from being a difference maker right oh, there, too. Oh, my heavens. And uh, your weekends are always pretty stacked right here, aren't they, too? Busy wise, yeah. yeah it's just, yeah. yeah. We'll start sometimes as early as seven thirty in the morning, and yeah, we'll roll. And sometimes we'll get that food truck going at the same time, and we are always doing something. Well, again, your 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 brand that you put out, your food is outstanding. Thank you. Uh, the bar selection is great. I mean, the staff here is amazing. You guys have really built a great thing. And you said year eleven, right? From for you guys Jane taking I, this. Yes. That's. I mean, hats off to you. I mean, thank, thank you for you. all you do for for everybody here in the in the broader area, but uh, sure. also for all of the brands. And thank you for all this. Did you go to Ron Colley yeah. too? I did not go to Ron College. Where'd you go? No. Um, I went to Angola, north of Oh, Portland. you're up in yeah. North, yeah. way in the northeastern yes. corner right there. Angola. Yep. Ron Angola, we, yeah, Angola. We talked to Ron College. Where is Ron Colley guy at? He's playing tennis? He's playing tennis. He's in like a regional or something. He's always playing. Oh, is he? It's a 40 and over year or 40 year old group, right? Tell, yeah. Sampras, tell Sampras to get his ass back here. I was yeah. Sampras. Yeah. I know. I was curious. <laughs> Hopefully he's inside, though. I can't imagine playing up. I bet he's outside. I mean, yeah. he's not inside. So I wish I had an warm. answer to that, but I can't keep track. <laughs> Hey, thanks for having us, Chelsea. Yes. We love yeah, it here. Pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure so to be much. here. Thank That's, you. Uh, Chelsea, you can ask for her here, the wife of Jay. <laughs> the Union Jack Pub in Broad Ripple. It's a tavern tour stop in the month of August with Heaven Hill Distillery. Thanks, Chelsea. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Hey, joining us now via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, you know this, the legendary name of IU basketball, and it's uh, etched in my brain forever. The uh, It's uh, 6'8 sophomore from Galveston, Indiana. Let's welcome to the show <laughs> Ted Kitchell. Hello, Ted. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, John. How about you? Oh, a 6'8 sophomore from Galveston, Indiana. You, you, you even know how to pronounce Galveston. It's not Galveston, uh, wh- but Galveston. You, well, you, you sound it was just Chuck. like Chuck Crab. <laughs> it was Chuck. I'm telling you, of, of anybody, anybody's intro, Ted. Over the years, you know, and growing up, obviously, watching IU basketball as much as I did, your your intro is more synonymous with being in an <laughs> intro than anybody else, seriously, for that reason. That's funny that you say that because my kids have said they have uh, – they'll run across a parent of a child or one of their buddies sometime, and that's – that's exactly what they say. A six-eight sophomore from Galveston, Indiana. So, so Chuck Crab. I guess I have a lot of thanks go to Chuck Crab for for all those wonderful pr- promotions he provided. Hey, back in the early '80s, did you have to go to Chuck and say it's not Galveston, it is Galveston? Did you have to tell him that? <laughs> I he, he must have figured it out somehow because he he, he got it right from the start. Uh, Ted Kitchell's with us. How things going, Ted? Ted uh, things are good. Uh, my family's great. Uh, my kids are great. My grandkids. I got three grandkids with a fourth on the way. Uh, they're doing fantastic. The kids are all close. One in Westfield, one in Franklin, one in Whiteland. So they're all close to us. We get to spend a lot of time with them. So uh, life is good, and uh, I've been very blessed. You know, the other thing when I think about with you, Ted, is after your basketball career, you did uh, basketball um, analyst work on Channel 4, and you were you were like always the one that got heat for, you know, being too, 
too truthful right back then. I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely you're, loved you're, it, man. It, it was great. Exactly right. I, I sometimes would get the look from Laz, like, hey, you're not supposed to say that. But I tried to call it like I see him, and uh, I uh, had a lot of fun doing working the game for about 15 years and uh, enjoyed watching a lot of great basketball. Obviously, Coach Knight was there all those years that I was there, and uh, we had a we had a great time watching this. A lo- hey, Ted, a lot of great Ted did, did Bob Knight ever take exception to anything you said on TV back when you were doing it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I got I, I got called to the, I got called to his dressing room about it too. So uh, uh, one time when somebody took a charge and I said, well, I said he was fake, and I said he'll get an Academy Award for that. I I caught hell for that from Coach. You know his guys didn't fake. So, but that's that's the way that's the way it went. Yeah, well, it was, man. Those are people say all the time. JMV, man, you live, you live in the past. You talk about the good old days all the time. Well, there's a reason because they are the good old days. That was that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, watching you. Would you score 39 against Illinois? Right? Was that uh, high water mark? Was it 39 or was it 40 plus? Yeah, I actually scored 40. I was 11 of 13 from the field and 18 of 18 from the line. So on the day, I was 29 for 31. I had a pretty good day. The most incredible offensive games that we will ever see. And just, you know, such an important cog to a championship team and being a part of that group in the early 80s. Um, I I know this, and Ted Kitzel joins us, the former Hoosier on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. there is going to be a golf outing for you coming up on Monday. My friend Mike Poe is sitting with me right now. He is a guy that has been organizing this. And I'm going to go ahead and let you say it, if you don't mind, Ted. Um, for folks that may not know what you're dealing with health-wise and you know what the emphasis is on this golf outing, maybe tell the folks out there a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh... – you know, I've got Parkinson's, so uh, I shake a little bit. And uh, but overall, my my life is still very good. I'm able to live my life and enjoy my kids, and still play golf and do a lot of things. So, but this uh, this golf outing, we my kids and I got together a couple of years ago. We put uh, went to the uh, Indiana University. Uh, medical people and said we'd like to run a, a golf outing. The first year we raised forty thousand. The second year we raised, uh, I think, what it was fifty. Last year we raised around seventy-one thousand dollars. So we've had done a lot of good. We've had a lot of good people that support us, and uh, I think it's important for people to understand. Uh, the first thing that I was told once I ha- found out that I had Parkinson's is you don't. You don't die because of Parkinson's. You know, you you, still, you, you don't die because of Parkinson's. And uh, I thought that was important, you know, or some of these other diseases people have. I mean, you, you can learn to live with Parkinson's. It's obviously uh, getting more and more publicity as, you know, a guy like Michael J. Fox obviously has been, been you know, supporting it for years. But, uh, but overall, I'm doing well, and uh, I can enjoy my family, and uh, I still enjoy life and love watching the, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers play basketball. Uh, this is uh, former Hoosier Ted Kitchell with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Do you, you have a, uh, a daily routine? Because my grandfather had, had Parkinson's. 
Um, and he was you know, certainly a part of a, a daily routine. Are you a part of a daily routine, something you follow? Yeah, something I that, try to say it's something active. That, uh, most important, yeah. I do some speaking, and, uh, and uh, you know, I still work and everything. But, uh, yeah, I think it's important to stay active, whether it be lifting weights and walking or playing golf. Good hand-eye coordination is very, very good because it uh, tries to take some of those things away from you. Your balance, I think, playing golf where you have good hand-eye coordination, things like that. But it's important to stay active, stay positive, and uh, continue to, to do a lot of the things. I'm also involved in the rock steady boxing where you actually put the gloves on and hit the bags and do that kind of thing. And uh, I've got a lot of close friends uh, that I've made because of the rock steady boxing that are also in there with me. So Ted Kitchell's with us here with me right now, Mike Poe, and he has been a huge organizer in the golf outing that uh, is coming up on Monday. Uh, Mike, yeah, I know you talk to Ted all the time. Uh, tell people about how they can they can donate, they can be a part of it, and the work that has been accomplished so far, Mike. Well, I, I just became involved last year. <clears throat> it was an amazing event, and. Uh, I can tell you, Ted can still swing, and I played one hole with him, and he hit it within five feet of the pin on a par three. (laughs) But basically, they're the organizers of the golf Mm -hmm. outing. You know, I I just kind of help as I can and and get some people like like Brent here and you and and people to help. And it's so cool to be able to help. It's a blessing. You know, I know that all the money and everything that's raised blesses a lot of people, but I know I feel like... I get more of a blessing out of, of it, or at least as much, being able to help. And um, my my wife and her partner have a company, um, Brookside Medical, and we're going to match every dollar that comes in between now and Monday. And Ted will be better at telling you, he can give you the website and whatever, but anything up to $6,000 my wife and I are going to match That that's raised between now and Monday. And we have some really cool things that we've got donated from Brent, Pat yeah. Sullivan. We have a really cool package that I sent you the thing. Yeah, I yeah, the Tennessee, yeah. things, but we've obviously got a, uh, a package for uh, French Lick, which has always been very good to, to us. There also is a package, a two-night stay in Nashville, and you get to go to the Colts-Titans game. Uh, obviously, a lot of the different golf courses around Indiana, uh, you know, you, you, you have those in the auction. We've got a signed guitar by John Mellencamp. So there's a lot of really neat items that if you stay around after after the golfing and stay around for the meal, you can get involved in the in the silent auction. Hey, Ted, how can people get involved with the outing? How can they donate to the outing and be a part of this? Okay, here's my daughter, Mackenzie. Uh, she's going to tell you all those different ways that you can get involved. Sure. Hey, Mackenzie, Hi. welcome to the show. Tell us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so honestly, the easiest way for you get it, to get in touch with us is just emailing us at swingingforparkinsons at gmail.com. That's swingingforparkinsons at gmail.com. We can give you all the information there typed out so it's easy and accessible. But um, another couple easy ways is a Venmo account, and that is at swingingforparkinsons. 
our Venmo account is at Swinging for Parkinson's. And then if you simply Google Ted Kitchell Parkinson's, the top search that pops up is going to be our website. And if you click on that and just go simply to the donate page, it'll give you all the information there. Um, but once again, if anyone just wants to email us at swingingforparkinson's at gmail.com, we can give all this information to anyone and everyone. Um, but the Venmo and Googling is going to be the most simple ways. The Venmo account is, again, at Swinging for Parkinson's. And then if you just simply Google Ted Kitchell Parkinson's, um, our website will be the first one to pop up there. And all of our information is on that as well. Mackenzie, have you done radio before? You're a natural. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've, done you some, I've, done some, I've done some volleyball games in the past. <laughs> I love it. Swinging for Parkinson at gmail.com or Correct. Venmo is uh, swinging for Parkinson's uh, Venmo wise. And uh, Ted Kitchell joins us. Thank you, McKenzie. And, uh, hey, Ted, anything you need regarding this moving forward, please never hesitate. I was made aware of this by Mike. You know, Mike's a listener to the show, and obviously knowing you and being such a fan of yours in the past, I definitely want to get involved. But if you ever want us to do anything anything more in the future um, for this, please let us know because we would love to be involved. Well, we really appreciate that. We're big fans of yours. We listen to you every day and uh, appreciate everything that you do. And uh, I know you've always been a great fan of Indiana. Last but not least, I'd like to wish my beautiful wife, Christy, a, a happy 40th wedding anniversary on Sunday. Oh, so, outstanding. We're be very busy on Monday, but uh, 40 years of marriage, and that is on Sunday. Well, you uh, come out and see me anytime. Get in touch with me anytime. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to speak with you and uh we'll go out and have some fun sometime too i'm gonna actually talk to a guy coming up at the top of the hour that that called all of your games and that is one don fisher so uh man it uh he's the best story yeah and and you so are you brother so are you i mean i uh just keep on keeping on keep on keeping on we're always thinking about you we appreciate your support we feel very blessed thank you very much you got it. That's Ted Kitchell right there. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Mike, for that as well. I think a couple people. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead really quick. Yeah. Yeah, I just want, yep. I just want to thank, thank a few people. Um, Don McLaughlin is the guy from the Titans mm-hmm. who gave up the tickets. That's an amazing package. I, I think you're going to read what that entails. Yeah. Um, Brent, obviously. Uh, Pat Sullivan. I want to thank my wife, Christine Poe, and her partner, Shauna which is my ex-wife, which is sure. a w- weird deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they, they really ponied up, and they're awesome. Tied for the best girls ever with yeah. Christine and Lisa, obviously. <laughs> um, so who else? Let's see. I'm, I wrote this down here. Anyway, that's that's yep. pretty much it. Well, that's yeah. cool, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for getting me involved with that with Ted, Mike. Yeah, thank you. It's Mike's a, a good man, a great listener, and obviously getting involved in this is, is awesome, Mike. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Appreciate Mike Poe, Ted Kitchell, Brent Halverson, quick break. We'll come back. Don Fisher, top of the hour. More on the Colts in that preseason game last night as well. Great conversation with Ted Kitchell. If you missed it, it's 107.5thefan.com. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. and 107.5 The Fan. 
Taven Bryan, uh, free agent acquisition, is also playing defensive tackle right side now for the Colts. McKee goes out of the gun. Three receivers go left. One right back to his left. Ball in the right hash. McKee in the pocket, looking left, dancing. Now he's in trouble, and it's Dio Adangbo. Another sack on the drive for the Colts. The third-year man out of Vanderbilt brings down the rookie around the 13-yard line. Another sack attack for the Colts. Now it's fourth down for Philadelphia. Uh, that is Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi on the radio call. Colts Radio Network. The Colts a 27-13 winner over the Eagles in preseason game three. Let me tell you this. Both Dio and Quiddy Pay start doing things this season. Now is the time. Yeah, I know I kind of make this too cut and dry, but now is the time. Now's the time for those, to, those guys both to show that they were worthy of where they were selected and what the Colts felt that they had in them. Now is the time. Get back to some other things we were talking about as well regarding the quarterback, Anthony Richardson. You know, we brought up Alec Pierce. I brought up Jelani Woods to running game. Jonathan Taylor There's a bunch of stuff going on. And we'll follow that Jonathan Taylor story as we go over the weekend, too, and see if anything breaks and the Colts decide to go ahead and ship him someplace else. Uh, that and uh, certainly uh, the cut down day down to 53 coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up in a minute. Union Jack Pub. We're in Broad Ripple for our Tavern Tour Stop in August. And I know you get a bail in a second. Brent Halverson rejoins us. This has been a great day because we have talked about and brought on the show so many people are doing such great things and great causes too. That's one of the things that we're always about from, you know, what we've done um, with with both Jared and Ryan a little bit earlier to Ted Kitchell. Makes it an extra special Friday when we do that. It really does. And there's a lot of great things going on this weekend, John. I mean, talk Cammy's cause earlier, Cammy's right? Cammy's cause, I mean, Fortville, Indiana. Just an amazing thing going Landmark on. Landmark Park. That's a free event, right? They're yes. raising a bunch of money, yep. and, and, and to hear what they've raised over the 19 years that they're doing, it's amazing. Another thing going on is the Mud Sock Fest. Yes. That's out of Mystic Waters this weekend, and they're raising uh, money for uh, everything goes to Children's Therapy of Carmel, which is very cool. And, uh, you know, there's live music out there tonight from 6 to 11, a couple different bands. Tomorrow they've got uh, different games going on throughout the day. They've got bands tomorrow night. Uh, uh, there's uh, there's also a Volkswagen uh, bus uh, open house, right? Oh, really? So there's going to be a lot of Volkswagen like the buses Spicoli bus, like, like the Spicoli bus, like the Spicoli bus. Yes, absolutely. Dude, everybody going to roll out of that with a big. Cloud of smoke it's not that kind of, of event, John. Okay. This is going to be more of a they're showcasing okay, their, their vintage Volkswagens, yeah, right? Gotcha. I've got one that I'm going to take up there tomorrow when I get you back. You have a vintage Volkswagen I've got bus? a 1974 Westfalia I got uh, last <laughs> September, so I'll have to uh, show you that. Now, what, uh, the Westfalia, is that just the, the cargo hold up that's, there? That's the uh, pop-up camper top. So you can uh, the top pops open. You sleep up there. You got to sleep on the bottom. It's got a refrigerator. It's got a kitchen in what? it. What? Oh, you I'll, can live in that I can't thing. believe you didn't know this. We'll have to show you this to you. But uh, i got I to see that. Oh, it's awesome, man. It is really awesome. It's kind How of many a, miles are on it? 108,000. I'm the third owner. It's a 1974, so my birth year. Uh, I just happened to find a great, great uh, four uh, speed. Lady. It is four on the floor. That's right. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> Absolutely right. But uh, no, I'm going to head down to Harmony Valley uh, Music Festival. Uh, we're a sponsor of down in Brown County in Nashville today. So I've got to get out and get there, uh, be down there all night, uh, back tomorrow up to uh, Mystic Waters for the uh, second day of Mudsock Fest up there. Um, but we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. 
coming up, yes. right? I mean, we talk um, uh, th- this next weekend with Labor Day, the JMV Takeover at Mystic yes. Waters. We'll have the uh, uh, we'll do our backyard barbecue on Friday, right? From uh, three to six, we're going to have DJ Skids there playing music through the rest of the evening. Saturday, you're going to do your first ever live takeover mm. on B105 out there, which I cannot wait to see. We call it the Labor Day weekend bender. The bender, I, I cannot wait, man. Yes. It's going to be great. We'll be out there all weekend, and then following that, the next week we're going to start uh, the sixth is it our sixth year of the Larson Locks Louisville Shots. We're going to be kicking that off at Joe's Grill in yeah. Castleton, old familiar friend. Uh, so we're going to be up there on September 7th to uh, start the season off, and then we'll go ahead and I'll let out the bag for our next tavern tour, which is a combo, which yes. we tie in with the Larson Locks Louisville Shot Show. That's going to be in uh, the end of September at the Ale Emporium in Castleton. The so, Ale in Castleton. That's a lot nothing, of stuff. A lot nothing of good, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. A lot of good stuff coming up, and I cannot wait, John. I mean, it's a it's always a pleasure, my friend. Um, and then one last thing I'll leave you with, and I'll let you kind of deal with this. Uh, we've got four tickets to give away for okay. Offspring tonight. we got Offspring, Some 41, and Simple Plan, that is I believe, correct. are the three bands tonight at Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. Yep. So here's what we're going to do, James. Be ready for this. Well, we're going to give four tickets. We've got four VIP tickets for the Evan Williams box. Number at, uh, nine at 239-1070 right now. James will pick it up, and then James will take down an email address. Need an email address, yep. And then I will get that from James, and I will yes. send them right out to you. So, James, you give him the email address, and then... We'll have him email those tickets, that four-pack of tickets. Offspring, Simple Plan, and Sum 41 tonight at Ruoff. Absolutely. Yep. All right. I love it, we'll my man. We'll send that to you. Number nine at 239-1070, ladies and gentlemen. The great Brett Halverson right there. Friend. Thank you. He's on his way to Brown County. Thank you very much. Tavern Tour Stop. Yes, we are in Broad Ripple at Union Jack Pub. And joining us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he is back. It's a damn good day. It is when the voice of the Hoosiers back on this show. Let's welcome in Don Fisher. Hello, Don. Hey, John. How are you? How's your summer been, buddy? It's been awesome. I played a ton of golf, mostly bad, yes. but nevertheless, it's golf, and I love it, and uh, it's frustrating as hell, but <laughs> every now and then, you, you have a good round going, so you know what I mean, but it's just a fun game, and I love uh, all the guys I play with. I, um, about 20 minutes ago, had Ted Kitchell on. Ted Kitchell has a golf outing on Monday. And uh, I had Ted on, and we were talking about his situation. We were talking about the past. And I had mentioned Don a little bit earlier. It was so refreshing, for example, watching Anthony Richardson play quarterback last night in terms of extending the play and running the football. It was equally refreshing to hear the perspective and the joy of life that Ted Kitchell has right now. Um, and, And I've been a big fan forever, you know, obviously growing up watching IU basketball. And it was awesome to have him on the show. And, I mean, you can just tell you he's he still has a spark going and a joy going, and it was great to hear. Well, it really is. Uh, Ted is just a terrific person, number one. Number two, um, what a fighter he is with uh, what he's got going on health-wise and all that kind of stuff. And he's still battling it and, and doing a heck of a job in that regard. And then just uh, it's just a class act in every way, and what a great basketball player he was at IU. He was terrific, and as you know, uh, he continues to support the program, and he's down there for a lot of games, and uh, just a great family man as well. 
Yeah, it um, it was fantastic to hear from him. I mean, it, it really was. And I told him, too, anything that uh, you need supported as far as this is concerned, because you know, my, my grandfather had, had Parkinson's, and, and I, I know, you know, I know the start of it, I, and, and, and I know, you know, how you have to deal with it and be routine-oriented, you know, make sure you, you try to be active. And it's tough, but when you see somebody, you know, handle that, with grace and enthusiasm and continue moving forward, that's good for the heart and good for us all. No question about it. Uh, and, and Ted has done exactly that. You're right, absolutely right about that. And he's had it for a long time, and he's battled it really, really yep. strong. And uh, you got to feel you got to feel for he and his family and what they've been through with it. But at the same time, uh, they do it with a smile on their face most of the time. And honestly, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, it's uh, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, just about ready to start. We're at a point right now where we can say uh, you've got a game coming up next week, <laughs> um, which <laughs> is is cool. Now, I had Tom on, I want to say Wednesday, if I remember correctly, and I tried like 19 different ways to get him to, to slip and tell me who the quarterback is. Um, he didn't fall for it. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> um, I'm not going to ask you who you think it is, but about the situation, what, what do you think Tom's looking for in general as the starting quarterback in that first one against Ohio State? Well, more than anything else, I would think that he's looking for a game manager. Somebody that will go out there and make few mistakes, as few mistakes as you can as a freshman. Um, obviously, he's looking for a good athlete. Uh, and there's going to be some chasing going on because they always go after freshmen or redshirt freshmen yeah. if you're a first-time starter. So you know that they're going to come after whoever it is in this situation because the two guys that are battling it out are both redshirt freshmen. David Jackson and, and Brendan Shoresby, and, and both of these guys have looked good at practice. Both of them had their days when they didn't look so good. Uh, it's been a fun ride in the sense of watching these two guys battle it out for that number one spot. And right now, in my mind, uh, I don't have a problem with either one of these guys. I mean, if, if one starts over the other or if they use both of them, uh, I don't think you're getting a great deal of difference in these two players. I think they're both smart kids. They both are very athletic um, Taven may have a little more juice in the step than, than Brendan, but Brendan has probably got a little more touch right now than, than Taven does from a throwing perspective. So, and, and honestly, um, whichever one does it, you're just looking for a guy that can go out there and make as few mistakes as possible and lead your team in the right way. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, something you and I talked about you know, on a weekly basis because it was so obvious was just how uh, dysfunctional it was uh, in terms of the offensive line and, and how nothing worked. Um, it was a disaster most of the time. He felt like that it has it's gotten markedly better to this point. You've been down to practice, I know that. How's that offensive line trying to make a transition back to being something that's certainly respectable? Where is it as we start this season? Well, I mean, based on what I see, and again, we're talking about Indiana going against Indiana now and not yeah. outside competition. But from what I've seen, I, I don't think there's any question there's a marked improvement. Uh, they've got some of the same faces there that are on the offensive line. Josh Sales, Mike Kadick, uh, Zach Carpenter, Matthew Bedford back this year after sitting out all but the first game last year with an ACL. Uh, and Khalil Benson, who played both spots last year. And right now they've got him lined up, I think, uh, at a tackle position, but 
But, you know, so they've got veterans there. They've got some backups that are young, but they're talented kids, it looks like. Um, and I think the biggest improvement has been in the coaching aspect of it with Bob Bolstad. He's the new offense, or the new line coach for Indiana. He's from Wisconsin. He's had great lines in the past with, for the Badgers. We all know how good they've looked at times uh, through the years and what they've had from an offensive line standpoint. And I know this. Nobody has worked harder this year positionally than Bob Bolstad in this offensive line to get better. So from that perspective alone, I feel much better about it. But at the same time, they got to prove themselves when they go out of the field this uh, this next week. And it's going to be a challenge because they're going to face the Ohio State Buckeyes. No doubt. Don Fisher joins us. Um, skill position players. Uh, you get Cam Camper back um, off of injury. McCauley is out there as well. You can go even deeper than that. Um, how's the, the skill position players, specifically at wide receiver, look to you to start the season? Well, that's where I think maybe the wide receiver spot is their their deepest. I don't think there's much question about it. They've got a lot of guys that can play there. Obviously, you mentioned Cam. Uh, he, of course, it looked tremendous last year until he got hurt, and he went down with a knee injury. He's back. He, he hasn't had a blue shirt off yet. Maybe this week uh, he finally had it taken off of him, so he's not been hit. But I think they did do a little more hitting of him in the last couple of days of practice now. Uh, as they get ready for this matchup with Ohio State. But he's looked very good. Uh, Donovan McCulley, of course, continues to improve. E.J. Williams is a new face that people don't know much about, but he comes in Clemson, and I think this kid's got a chance to really help this ball club in, in so many ways, especially from the standpoint of as a receiver. Um, and, and they've got others, too. DeKeese Carter's a new kid that a lot of people have talked about here in the preseason, about how good he's looked at a wide receiver spot. Cameron Perry is a redshirt freshman that has looked uh, is kind of the same kind of look of him uh, and, and Jalen Lucas, although Cameron's maybe a hair bigger and not quite as fast as Jalen is, but He's looked very good at times. And they've got a bunch of other guys. Addison Kobe, who was there last year. Uh, again, we're talking about maybe the deepest positionally uh, of any uh, roster spot uh, as far as this football team is concerned right now as the wide receiving core. And I think they should really help those, these two quarterbacks because not every throw is going to be perfect, but at the same time, if you've got good hands and you can pull it in, that's going to be a real critical thing for this ball club. As far as the yeah, running yeah. backs are concerned, yeah. I think – I really do think the running back core is pretty strong. I haven't seen as much of Christian Turner as I was hoping to. He's the transfer from Wake Forest. Uh, he has not practiced or missed quite a bit of practice in the fall because of a slight injury of some kind. But nevertheless, uh, he is a guy that everybody talks about. When they do see him practice, he has looked really good. And, of course, Josh Henderson, I thought, was the guy who should have carried the ball about three times more than he did a year ago. Uh, last year, and Josh uh, ex continued to excel, I think, as far as a guy that gets you yards when there isn't much there. And then Jalen Lucas, of course, is the is the guy that everybody wants to have his hands on the football a lot more than he had than he did last year because he is absolutely electric when he touches it. Yeah, and and Jalen Lucas was the guy that Tom brought up, and it sounds like that. On your call, you're going to be calling him basically all over the place, getting the football this year. Yeah, he's going to be a running back. He's listed as a running back, but he's going to play the slot receiver position. Uh, he's going to return kicks. He's going to return punts. Uh, they're going to try and get the ball in his hands as much as they possibly can, and they should because he's that good. I mean, he was 
slated as they're they're slated as an All American last year after the season ended as a return guy, and he just didn't touch enough of the ball when when it was a running back position or a wide receiver position. In my mind, he he could have been a much more valuable asset than they utilized him for last year. But again, he's a young guy too, and at the same time, young guys sometimes make mistakes. But he didn't make many. I can tell you that. So Don Fisher joins us. You mentioned this as far as transfers are concerned. And, you know, now more than ever, you know, getting transfers in and having them perform, having them produce is a big deal. Uh, from what you have witnessed in these practices, how have the transfers, these first-time Hoosiers coming in, looked? About all I can tell you in that regard is this. They, they've got about 24 out of the top 50 players that are transfer portal guys in the 2D. <laughs> Think about that one. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, these guys have looked pretty good. The, the Probably the marquee guy that everybody talks about is Andre Carter, a defensive end from Western Michigan. He came in at 6'5", 270 pounds. Uh, this is his sixth year as a player. Uh, I don't think there's any question this guy is one of the best players, uh, probably not just in the Big Ten. He may be one of the best in the country at defensive end, and he wants to prove himself, of course, because he's coming from a mid-major, so to speak. So I don't think there's any question you're going to see a lot from him if he can stay healthy. Uh, I think Marcus Burris, a defensive tackle, is another guy keep your eye on. Philip Bleedy's another one at nose tackle. Uh, both those guys are slated as starters right now as far as the depth chart is concerned. And Linnell Carr is another guy at the bull position, which is the other defensive end, the stand-up defensive end that will be trying to chase down quarterbacks. He's really impressed people. He's a senior um, and 6'1", 240 pounds, very quick and athletic, and he can get to the quarterback. If he and Carter, uh, along with Burris and some of these other defensive linemen, bleeding and so on, can do the job, I don't think there's any question it's going to be special defensively because we just haven't seen a lot of that over the years. All right, so who's calling in the middle of our conversation here, Don? What's I have no here? idea. I picked it up and sat it back down. <laughs> <laughs> so right. whoever, it, uh, whoever it was is going to feel slighted. <laughs> well, good, because they called in the middle of our conversation. Don Fisher, <laughs> uh, every Friday right here at the 5 o'clock hour begins today on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So a little our table action for you tonight? Uh, well, whoever it was is calling <laughs> me back right now. Hey, answer, uh, answer and see who it is. All right, hold on. All right, hold Uh-oh. on. Don Fisher's answering the phone. Hold yeah. on one minute. Phil, you're in the middle of my conversation with JMV on the air. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> you know who it was? Who was it? It was Phil Kaido. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. That's that's promo worthy right now. You... <laughs> oh, hey, I'm, I'm curious. You, you probably had somebody in mind. Who did you think it was going to be? On the phone? Yeah. I had no idea to be quiet. Oh, I did not. I don't. I don't pick up that phone very often anymore because they get a lot of scam calls on the home phone that you heard ringing. So, so most of the I time, if I look at it and I don't recognize the number, I don't pay any attention. I don't think our house phones rang in literally five years. I don't think. <laughs> well, this is not really a house phone. This is my office phone. 
the company uh. pays for it, so I don't pay for it either. So I, that's, <laughs> that's why I don't answer very often. If they want to talk to me on that phone, they usually call and leave a voice. <laughs> hey, you're going to our table tonight? Uh, I wish we were, but we're going to go to the Center Grove High School football game tonight. Oh. Uh, one of our across-the-street neighbor, Chase we- uh, Char- uh, Chaz Weber's uh, son, Brady, is a sophomore. He's going to get his first yep. start at offensive tackle tonight, and we're going to go watch him. Well, that's outstanding. Up there on the hill, it'll only be like 98 degrees. It'll be all right I for know. you up there in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's really hot, and it's really humid out there, no question. Everybody will be sweating tonight, but everybody yeah. will be doing the same thing. So. <laughs> Always really easy to find a place to park there, too. I mean, it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, Brady no, you should. Kid. He's just a sophomore, and we want to see him play. And of course, my Friday night's going to be tough for me to get to our table this year just because my my uh, third son, Scott, is the new head football coach down at Edgewood High School in Ellettsville, and they got yes. off to a good start last week, but they're in Washington tonight, so we're not going to make that trip down to Washington tonight. We're going to go well, see Brady play. What, what does Scott think about the uh, the red turf that is the Mustang turf down in Ellettsville? Does he like it? Well, I'm, I'm telling you, he's gotten used to it, so he loves it. <laughs> because I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if anybody knows this or not. I know they do in Monroe County, for example, but Edgewood High School in Ellettsville, and I don't know if anybody else has this color of turf. It is bright red. And, yep, I mean, yep. it's every bit bright red as you might imagine it is there. Yeah, it, it, when you first see it, you go, what am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, are we at the gates of hell here? What's happening? <laughs> but, but it actually grows on you a little bit, and, and they, they, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch these kids because the one thing Scott's done, he has, he's really helped the culture of that football program down there. Yeah. And they had a, a packed house for the very first game last week, which I, I was told was one of the few packed houses they've had in years. So. Yes. Uh, it was really fun to see, and they got off to a good start. It's going to be—it's a rebuilding process, but he's doing a great job. Hey, Don, it's—it's it's a hidden gem down there. It is, and it has been for a long time. And they've had great classes come through. It really in, in football, certainly in basketball and in baseball, but it's always been a a hidden gem. And um, I—it's—I mean, it's—it's it's far enough away, but close enough. If you know what I mean. To yep. Bloomington, especially somebody like me that grew up like I, like if I go Hart Straight Road, um, that that kind of reminds me of of where I grew up back in there too. So it's it's something to be said about that, and that's a really nice gig. So yeah, no doubt. Great luck down in Washington tonight for Edgewood, and I know you'll be checking out a lot of games. So when are we going to our table next? Because I'm buying next. I've got it. Yeah. Are you? Are you buying? Yeah, I got it. Yes. I do. I owe you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I owe you. You pick it out. You pick it out sometime. We'll we'll go during yep. the week or something like that if you want to. Yeah. Well, you text me whenever you're free, and I'm on my way home or something like that, and we'll slide in there and uh, and have some dinner and, and I'll buy. I can't do Wednesdays, you know that, because they got talk shows coming up starting next Wednesday. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I can. Tuesdays are kind of tough. I'm available Tuesday or Thursday, big boy. Yeah. Well, Tuesday, <laughs> I'll pick one or the other. I go over to Center Grove. I, I blank you not on this, man. They got 30 freaking gyms at Center Grove. And we, 
I got to walk like nine miles. They take, walk through door eight of the sack and then walk all the way over to the west side of the gym. And I say, hey, numbnuts, can I just park right next to the door that enters the west gym? Is that okay? Why do I got to walk nine miles to get here? <laughs> well, that's what you get when you get a school as big as they are. It's, it's humongous. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, Don, hey, ask him this. If, if somebody comes up in the stands to see tonight, say, hey, why don't you guys tear down that brand-new cement stairway in front of the natatorium again? Can you do it for, like, a fifth time? That's funny. <laughs> I'm sure I gear myself to those people. That they, might they, they, love, that they will love hearing that, I promise. They love it. <laughs> All right, hey, we'll, we'll pick out a date. You, you let me know what's good for you, and we'll be there. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks, John. Yeah, great to have you back, Don. Thank you. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, answering the phone in the middle of the interview, which is awesome. Quick break. We'll come back. Tavern Tour stops in Broad Ripple. We're at the Union Jack Pub with Heaven Hill Distillery. Quick break. We're back with you next. Hey, I want to work some calls in at 239-1070 toward the end of the show here. So go ahead and dial it up. Let James know you're on hold. He'll let me know you're on hold. And we'll get your thoughts on last night as well. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Uh, Tavern Tour Stop is in Broad Ripple, Union Jack Pub. Looking for you out here. Heaven Hill Distillery, Brent Halverson here a little bit earlier. It has been an incredibly busy show. How about the Hoosier Hardwood Festival? Jake Query and Jimmy Cook were out there a little bit earlier today doing the show. How about a family four-pack to go there? That's the Boone County Fairgrounds, Lebanon, Indiana. If you would like a family four-pack of tickets to the Hoosier Hardwood Festival, number nine at 239-1070, you get active right now, and you will win them. By the way, too, we gave away those tickets for Offspring. You probably ought to give me, unless you have done that, James, at some point, give me that email so I can pass that along for him. Offspring Simple Plan. And uh, some 41, I think, is the other group tonight up at uh, Ruoff that Brent gave away a little bit earlier. We were talking about the Colts getting a win last night in the preseason, which is absolutely meaningless. And I certainly understand that they were playing against their starters, against twos and threes, uh, as far as defensively speaking for Philly. But watching Anthony Richardson was incredibly refreshing. It was fun to watch. I had a good time watching him. Now, does he need to be more accurate? I like cataclysmically more accurate he's got to be here mammothly more accurate he's got to be hopefully that comes along but there was just a little bit of extra juice and that's what i've talked about with this team they're going to lose some games this year in fact they're going to lose a lot of games this year but you are going to want some juice you're going to want some interest and when i brought this up to uh joe a erickson of the star earlier he agreed this is Really a point that I've made the entire time is that it needs to be kind of like the blueprint of the Pacers last year. Pacers didn't make the postseason, which is always a bummer, but it really didn't feel that way from you because they gave you some excitement. And furthermore, they gave you some hope. 
gave me some hope for the future, that this team is not too far away. And that's what this Colts team has to do. And this is not just all on the shoulders of Anthony Richardson. It's not. Let me get some of these other guys involved. And, you know, I kind of went out on, on Alec Pierce. Start making some catches, making tough catches, in which we talked about yesterday. You know, making the tough catches, but certainly making the easier catches. But, you know, the tougher catches certainly. You know, these guys, what I think they struggle with more than anything else is separation. I think you saw that even against the second and third teamers in that Philly secondary last night. That cannot be the case. you got to get some separation, and that includes the tight ends. And Jelani Woods, whom everybody talked about a year ago, maybe being this next great thing, this, you know, athletic tight end. And Joel brought up, you know, a comparison to, you know, how he believes the Colts offensively would like to see him play a Dallas Goddard type of role. Um, The first thing you got to do is get your ass on the field. All right. First thing you got to do is get your ass on the field, which means, you know, rehab that hammy and then take this thing seriously. You know, don't don't come in here out of shape whether we're talking about mini camp or during training camp or whatever. I mean, start taking this thing seriously because it's serious time now. Serious growth. You're going to lose a lot of games. People are going to complain a lot. But on the other hand, there are going to be some moments where people believe things are on the right track. You've got to be a part of it, and they need this guy. So you look at the skill position players. Now, as far as the running back is concerned, I think it was also obvious just how meaningful Jonathan Taylor would be in the backfield of this team. But it seems like as of right now, it's a lost cause. That's too bad because they certainly need somebody with the home run hitting power that Taylor, when healthy, represents. Just does not look like it's going to happen. I'd be surprised if he's still on this team come when I'm on this show on Monday afternoon. We may have something pop over the weekend. We'll watch out for it. But something certainly may pop over the weekend. We'll see. But you could tell last night. And nothing gets Evan Hall, nothing gets Deion Jackson, both in the end zone last night. You know, Kenyon Drake, okay, back up. But offensively speaking, to help your quarterback along, to help this offense along, to help the maturation of this entire team, the home run hitting power when healthy of a guy like Jonathan Taylor is invaluable. And the steps in which these two sides clearly can't come together and are so incredibly far apart, is very off-putting, and it should be off-putting to you. Whether you're mad at Taylor and his rep, or you're mad at the Colts, or whether you're sizing up saying, you know what, this is not really Ursay's fault. You know, I saw the Tom Pelissero report last night, and and what basically that said is what I told you all along. I mean, they, they did. They planned on paying him. You know, either with an extension or certainly probably a franchise tag, but he was going to have to prove it to them by playing in the final year of his contract, which clearly he is absolutely unwilling to do. That does not take away the fact that he is still and would be incredibly necessary for this team in the now. My thoughts a little bit earlier. We can get your thoughts at 239-1070. James, is Aaron on hold here? Yes, he is. Hello, Aaron. Hey, John. How you doing? I couldn't be any better. I'm in Broad Ripple at Union Jack Pub, Aaron. I'm doing great. How's your health? Uh, it's, it's, on the, uh, it's on the upswing. It's on the upswing. It's getting better. You know, still have my day. You know, that's kind of reminders of what I've been through, but it's getting better. 
So that's you know, getting never, better. You're never out of you never out of the woods, but at least you can see the sunlight. That's why I was looking at it. But uh, well, I wanna I wanna uh, hit on a couple of things when it comes to this Jonathan Taylor. And uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I stopped through. Uh Jim Versey won't be flashing a hundred dollars my way. <laughs> but be it from Jeff George on up to Jonathan Taylor. There's been one constant, and that's the Mark Cuban of the NFL. It's a shame. When you're a billionaire, you can buy anything you want. You can buy musician friends. You can buy the biggest and baddest instruments they used to play. But you can't buy intelligence. How stupid was he to come out and trash Jonathan Taylor? He's a man before he was a football player. You know, you don't do well, that. Well, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me jump in here, Aaron. He did not. He did not. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish, but let me interject here, bud. He didn't trash Jonathan Taylor. He shouldn't have said anything at all. But he didn't trash him. He may not like the way that he's treating him right now, but he didn't trash him. John, when he said, basically, we can find a running back dime a dozen. Well, I mean, he said that about himself too. He says, when I, when I leave, nobody's gonna remember me either. Could you yeah, imagine that's, that's... him saying, when, when Peyton Manning went through his thing, could you imagine him saying, well, we can find another quarterback, you know? Brother, he cut you Peyton Manning. <laughs> he cut Peyton Manning. He did. He, he said you know exactly that with his actions. That's what I'm saying. You got to hear me out, John. That's what I'm saying. He, he don't think before he speaks. And it seems like he gets a pass here from some, not all. Because uh, his stature in the city seems like out of all the money he has swindled out of the, the fans here, building him a new stadium, he would be busy finding a way to spend his money instead of well, paying on tweets. Let, let, let me tell time. you this. And let me tell you this. Yeah, we got to go quick because I got to I got to respond to this quickly. Anybody uh, trust Ballard with draft picks? But Jonathan Taylor, all he would do is go draft some people from third world universities that you never heard from that would get cut from the team two years later. You know, this team is an embarrassment. Well, here, and listen, I want to run here. I, I gather, are you saying he trashed Jonathan Taylor verbally or through his action? And, and thank you, Aaron, for the call. There was nothing verbally that he said. You may view that in terms of, of his actions. And he, that's exactly what he did to Peyton Manning. He cut Peyton Manning. I mean, he ended the so-called golden era with Manning here. I'm not, again, I have no problem in putting Jim Irsay in the middle of this being his fault as well because all you had to do was stay quiet about it. I mean, and I know that this is exactly how they're going to handle this moving forward. But all you had to do was stay quiet about it. You didn't need to interject yourself initially the way that he did. So, thus, this is where we are right now. But I can tell you this, this is how they felt about Jonathan Taylor the entire time. Do I believe that's right? No, I believe he's certainly more valuable than that. But that's how they felt about Jonathan Taylor the entire time. Thus, this is where we are.
But did he err in judgment in that initial tweet? There is no doubt about that. Has he erred in judgment in a lot of things recently? There is no doubt about that. He's got to wear that. He should wear that. Just like Chris Ballard should wear bad decisions. Just like the players should wear bad decisions. It's like what I'm talking about, guys not being ready, you know, not performing when you should. These guys got to wear that. You do have to make them accountable. But, again, the plan all along was exactly the plan that they're following through on. And even if I disagree with it, clearly they're hardcore in moving forward without Jonathan Taylor. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We're live at the Union Jack Pub. We're in Broad Ripple. It's a Heaven Hill Distillery, Larceny Bourbon and Company, Tavern Tour Stop. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. The win goes to Michael Stewart. Coffee and donuts. Or is that Donats? Was the winning horse's name? I like Dirty Dingus McGee myself. That paid fourteen eighty on a two dollar bet. The two dollar exacto went twenty three sixty. Forty dollar trifecta, uh, fifty cent trifecta, I should say. Sorry, uh, was twenty eight zero five right there. Again, every week right here, really I think four days a week, we do the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day, 50-50 in betting and dining. Today won by Michael Stewart from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Standard bred horse racing through December the 8th at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. So many people on this show today and so many people to thank. Uh, Chelsea and Jay here that own the Union Jack Pub on our tavern tour stop. Brent Halverson of Heaven Hill Distillery. Remember, next week is going to be an outstanding weekend. Uh, we're going to be up at Mystic Waters for the Labor Day weekend bender. Tell you more about that coming up, how you can be involved with it all weekend with us. Don Fisher, Ted Kitchell, Joel A. Erickson, and Bob Lovell. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. More Colts conversation. Other side, Colts happy hour. Straight action next. Oh, yeah, I'll be back here. I'm not leaving. 93.5, 107.5 The Fan.